Hello. Welcome to Waiting for Game, a podcast presented by Melee Stats. I am your host, Gimme That Wheat. And we have a big episode here. We have a special episode. The Big House 10 is on the docket, is next week. And in order for such a special episode, you know, we have to have, for, for a very special uh, event like this, we have to have a very special episode. So we have, uh, no, like, we have just so many great people here we can talk to. No shortness of greatness. We have a top 50 player. We've got person who made top 64 at the biggest tournament of the year. We have a commentator, a top eight commentator, uh, and we have another guy. Uh, so we will start with him, Edwin Budding. First off, Edwin, you're with a commentator. You're with a top 50 player. You're with a uh, top 64. Uh, he's, he also makes good videos, I guess. Uh, he's, we got a lot. Of, what, what do you bring to this uh, table right here, Edwin Budding? You know, this is something I've thought to myself over the last uh, two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought about this a lot since Shine in particular. Uh, it brings me back to a, I believe we we mentioned this story on the um, on the Shine on the post Shine podcast, right? But I was thinking, like, do I have any sincere fans uh, among like notable people, and are they bigger fans of me than I am oh, of them? And this is a question I think about all the time with regards to our. Um, our first, our first special guest today, uh, Zamu, someone who I've been a fan of for a very long time, someone who I'm fairly certain is a fan of me, but I'm, I'm also willing to say that I think, I do think that I'm still a bigger fan of Zamu than he is of me. But I'm really happy to be sharing a show with him today as, a, as one of our first special guests. We'll get to the other one later. But uh, Zamu, how are you doing today? This, this is pretty. I feel like. Uh, our paths in melee were so different, and they've kind of brought us onto this, like, onto the show together. And and it feels like, in a weird way, we've always existed in the same galaxy, but never intertwined in a in a setting like this one. And I'm just really happy that it was able to actually happen for real. So, how do you feel? Are are you intimidated by any chance of being on a show with your three heroes? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Biggest I... from day one. Yeah, I mean. I love melee stats. Y'all are sick. Um, you're a bigger fan of me than I am of you, Edwin. But it's yeah, close. Sure. <laughs> the ter- the tables may turn. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to talk about melee. Talk about big house. I know very little, but I was asked to to come on, so I I gotta gotta say stuff. With a wonderful personality like you, uh, there's gonna be a lot to talk about. But I I do want to say before we go any further. I am not making this okay. I am, I am not normalizing you walking up to a human being, one that we like a lot, Crike, and, and saying, are you a bigger fan of me or am I a bigger fan of you? I am not okay with this, Edwin Budding. No matter how many times you bring it up, it's not going to be a cute little thing. You are uh, one of history's greatest monsters for this, and uh, soon the tides will turn. But for now, we'd love to have you. Um, and also someone who we love to have, it's been a while. It's been a minute, but the Melee Stats Trifecta, the uh, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, the t- uh, Triforce of Power and Courage and uh, Wisdom, I think those are the three. We've we've finally brought them all together. If I am Link and Edwin is Ganon, then we have our Zelda. Uh, and of course, no better Zelda than Ambi Sinister. Ambi, now I realize now that this would be a great uh, segue if you played zelda you do not i don't know I, I i have a zelda 
I beat most of the Ice Climbers players in Connecticut with Zelda back in the day. Okay, so there we go. We get there. Yeah, so <laughs> it, 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 you kind of have to torture the analogy a little bit to make it work, but it's there. Yeah. How have you been? I've been all right. Everything's good. Um, is this the everything is good era? Yeah, we definitely are in the midst of the everything is good era. So if you see me, uh, just know that everything is good in my brain. <laughs> It is a great time to be in the Everything is Good era. We have, we just came off of a great, uh, like a like a bonus major, I guess is a fun way to look at it. Like this thing that uh, most years doesn't happen, this kind of like little addendum to the year. Uh, and we've got that. That was really fun in Lost Tech City. And we've got a huge major coming up uh, this coming week in the big house. We've got stuff further down the line. We've got a really weird couple weeks of a lot of events and a lot of different places in the world. But obviously... Let's, you know, we, we, we can't talk about them all. So let's start at the one that we just came off of. Uh, we just arrived physically for me from uh, Lost Tech City. This was another journey to Texas this year. For whatever reason, 2022 has been the the year of, of Texas. And uh, I don't know, I, I, want, I want to hear some thoughts on it. So Zamu, this was an event. Obviously, you did not go. How do you uh, how do you look at these types of events as someone of your caliber from a uh, like a spectator perspective? um yeah i mean it's fun to watch mango fox for sure um true i really like watching fox players um and so i just like was really excited to see what mango is gonna do right like who knows is he gonna play falco is he gonna play fox um and then other than that it's like i get to cheer on my friends it's like let's go salt salt did great and like so many people um just like did well and that's cool but i mean other than watching fox sets i don't know that i i care too much about the spectator experience for myself i like fox but. i think we, we got to see we got to see a pretty good amount of fox uh and we got we got to see a pretty good amount of fox winning yeah that's rare that's rare these days yeah. Also, Wizzy. Foxman's not. That guy. Yeah, that guy's yeah. sick. Abby, you're saying what? You... I want to hear well, Abby Sinister. What do you say about Foxman's? Yeah, no, I, I, I do think that Fox is in a very interesting spot right now because I think that, like, in terms of the meta, like, Fox is doing great. Like, Fox players, they're 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 having some sick gameplay. They're performing well. They're actually placing high. Beating um, the Marths, Fox players in real life taking hella L's, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, very hard to see Fox players in the world, you know, in the midst of a. I have this thing where, like, the better you play at melee on a particular day relative to your like skill level, it's like inversely correlated with your like mental health, right? <laughs> where, like, if things are really bad, you're like in the in the grind, you know? You're super playing well every single day. You're playing for like 15 hours. You're like cracked. You haven't slept in 15 hours. Um, and if everything's good, <laughs> you're doing something else probably. I don't know. Zuppy yeah, said so, that today, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that the Fox players doing well kind of makes sense from this lens because they're all having a miserable time. Uh, but that's nice for me because I get to watch the Fox players play well. Uh, so I yeah. like that. 
I mean, I, I would like to say we have seen some some bounce backs from these Fox bands, right? You know, just today we learned that Josh Mann is a little ahead of schedule in terms of his recovery. Um, so I will think that's a good thing instead of, you know, the best thing is not getting his arm broken. But, yeah, that's fine. Uh, similarly, IBW is going to be back from his hand issues. And, uh, you know, there's this there's this Fox man in New York who I think is having a a really great time compared to uh, what's been going on recently for them but obviously no need to uh, continue with that so edwin i want to hear about what you think about lost tech city because you are someone who uh you've got a lot of feelings about me on the mic i, I commented top eight here for all of you who don't know uh so give me i i, I know it's either going to be right here on the podcast or it's going to be um in dms so for the sake of content just give it to me right now give it to me Give it to me straight, Doc. I can take it. Uh, just about you on commentary, or, or just, like, <laughs> I want to hear about your entire th- your thoughts on the entire event, of course. But I know that you are going to uh, evaluate my like the value that I bring to melee. I'm I know that it's going to be in a spreadsheet of human beings, so I I might as well hear what my entry is. <laughs> All right. Well, I enjoyed listening to you on on commentary. It's always a pleasure seeing you know seeing events fly my friend out to commentate. I think the perspective you bring, the approach you bring to, you know, any top eight is, is really valuable. And I think it's unique in the scene. I think the, uh, I think more tournaments could use that kind of approach to have someone there to provide stats, storylines, specific things about players, what to look for and specific matchups that are easy to follow for a universal audience. I think that kind of stuff is really welcome. And I, I, for one, during top eight, I really enjoyed listening to, you, Phil, and Zoo talk to each other. It's kind of like, um, I forget who coined the term. It, it might have actually been you, Wheat, but it's like the the two and a half men commentary style where where it's like, was it you? It was someone else. Someone said two and a half men. And and I thought uh, I thought it's very funny because it's like in between sets, I feel like you, you give a lot of good detail on kind of what to expect from the viewers. It's always kind of a... And the things, it's never too like... Like, it's specific enough to be memorable, but it's not too granular to, like, not be understood, which I, which I really enjoy in commentary. Like, um, like you mentioned something, like, like, like win rates on certain stages, I think, is something that, that's particularly, like, not always pointed out in commentaries of top eights, and you pointed that out, which I think is very good. I think, um, I think Zoo, especially for his commentary, I actually w- was quite impressed with him, this event. I thought he came very prepared. I thought... Um, I thought he did a good job setting up the players, talking about like the experience of being in a certain situation that the player is in and talking about what's going on through the players' heads and everything. So from from that end, I, I enjoyed watching the top eight. I thought that was I thought that was very good. But I will say, as someone who is very, you know, supportive of CEO as one of the, like, the big pan events, I um I mentioned my hesitation with a lot of the panda circuit and I brought up a lot of positive feedback I had for the CEO event. And I have to say. I think the, the day one and day two experience of a three-day major with 139 entrants, I got to say, I, you know, I want events like this to happen. I, for selfish reasons, I want my friend to be flown out to them to contribute the way he's doing. I want stuff like this to be done really well. And I think, um, I think one universal thing that I, I found among people who watched like the whole event and spent a lot of their time over the weekend is that I think the, the spectator experience, you know, for, for those of us that really value it, and don't just want to watch good Fox, although that's perfectly, <laughs> that's perfectly, that's totally fine. Is that I think that, you know, 
when you have an event that's supposed to be of this kind of magnitude, that's very top heavy, you want to see a lot of melee, right? And you want to see it in the moment. I think I'll put it this way without going into the details. I think something has gone horribly wrong if Axe versus Wizrobe is being played off stream and having to be captured by my good friend Wheat. <laughs> well, having, to be, completely having to be random person <laughs> having to be viewed on, on melee stats archive on youtube or just by searching axe versus wizrobe lost tech city a horrible thing that that would need to occur uh and also you can subscribe to that and subscribe to us on melee stats on youtube as well but yes i agree horrible that this would need to be on the melee stats archive channel uh once again on on youtube uh rather than an official panda yeah and i just think that like in general i was really um I, I don't know what it was, but like for, for a 3D event for like 139 entrants, like they didn't even stream like doubles top four when they got Mango to enter. It's like, dude, this happens once a blue moon. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna get Mango and doubles on stream. Like I get look, I, I, I get it, right? Like I don't like playing doubles. I understand why people people are not crazy about it. I think day one of I think we gotta really re-examine the benefits that come from putting all the doubles in day one. It's like the player experience, but uh, I don't know. Like, so, we you got to tell me you were actually there. Um, in yeah, my head, I, I have a lot of things that I want to say about what Edwin well, said. Yeah, I mean, you were there. Well, let's regret to doubles, right? So, doubles is a weird thing in my head because I feel like everyone wants doubles and everyone says they love doubles, and uh, and then doubles happens and everyone goes to get lunch. Um, and I think it always performs poorly uh, on, you know, stream metrics. And, uh, you know, so I think not streaming it was a great experiment. And I want to know if there's no way to watch this double set, like if it didn't happen on stream, you would think that there'd be a greater incentive to crowd around the setups during like doubles top four. So we, you were there. Tell me, do you know anything about this? Were people popping off for doubles? Was it like a, a special treat for people that actually went? Or was it just like any other double set? Like at Shine, we're like, oh, this is a double setup. There's like four people watching it and like they're all doubles players. Mm -hmm. You know what, Eric? Ambi Sinister, that is a wonderful question. As someone who was at Lost Tech City, I'm very happy to answer with my spectator experience. Uh, and the answer is I was not there Friday. <laughs> I, there you uh, go. <laughs> I I was. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about it in a, in a different segment. But I was uh, in New York for something, and uh, could not come out on Friday, so I did not go out. Uh, okay, I really want to get to Zamu. We have to. Hey, speaking of four side fights, we we might need like something on our end. We might need little like uh, timers to see how much we talk to each other without checking in with our guest. Zamu, I'm gonna actually here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, have a few things to say about what Edwin said, but real quickly, do you want to interject? Just say hi. Say how you're doing. Just so hi, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying listening to y'all. To I'm like, um, I, let me, let me, I, I'll interject something very unrelated. I'm definitely a bigger fan of Ambi than he is of me. <laughs> Planet Vanit. Sick. And then I guess later in the episode we'll find out about me and Samu. Who knows? But for now, I have a couple different things that I want to point out about what you said. One, and Ampy backed me up on this. He is not this nice to me in private as he is in, in public. He said he loves my commentary and he wants me to be flown out tomorrow. That's not how he talks to me in private. He actually talks to me in a very disparaging way. 
Uh, so <laughs> I thought it'd be great content to have you talk about how I was on commentary. But yeah, actually, in private, to... I'm like, wait, you got this wrong. Like, this is not acceptable. Like, you cannot do this. No, blah, you blah, don't blah. do that because he doesn't get that type of thing wrong. You didn't no, even. Yeah. You, there's, you, there's. You didn't show you the just, Patreon enough. You just, you just want him to not have a big head about things. So you're you like, said, you think you're such hot shit, wheat, but you're not. You're not. You're not that no, good. I say you're that not. To you, Eric. I, don't, I don't say that. I say that to you. You, do, you do that to everyone. <laughs> this is this is just a, a quick insight into how Edwin treats his uh, his friends and coworkers and everyone close to him. Uh, but yes, I do want to talk about what happened at LTC, and and this is something. So peek behind the curtain uh we have the wonderful jdmh as our podcast producer and i'm sure he is yelling right now as someone who works panda uh events and i don't want to you know peel back the curtain too much on on what was not an event that i ran uh and also i mean i don't think i was that kind to panda cup when it when it got announced uh so i I, i'm not like a gonna be a show for them but i will brandish my white knight like sword and shield and i and i will say that uh this is a bracket, or a, um, uh, not a bracket fucked. They they got a venue fucked bad, and and like with a new venue that that's hard for me to be like, well, that's your fault. You know, if this is a, a venue where they ran stuff before, um, and it's like, yeah, maybe maybe you should have talked to other people before found out what was going on. Uh, but yeah, it it seems like that was a situation that if this happened for like any event, uh, I think that. It, it happens like that as well it's like it just kind of sucks that this is an event that it's a three-day event with like 150 people it, and, it, and it will like it stuff like this does happen um so yes i do love the idea that that they are uh like intentionally not streaming uh, doubles on friday and we let's operate under this assumption because this is more fun than like <laughs> more fun than like contracted workers uh like unionized workers uh rest on their laurels let's act like they decided not to stream doubles and you know what go for it i don't think this is a bad idea um we have a lot of people out there all marth mains for some reason who act like they know the all the ins and outs of scheduling and uh it's interesting idea and i i do think that we have a void on, when it comes to friday stuff on friday um because right now if you watch a major you're going to watch doubles on Friday. And in 2022, doubles grand finals will consist of a smattering of top 40 or so players who probably have teamed maybe once. Like, that's probably what you're getting. Um, <laughs> so, like, the, doubles is not something. It's This is not... Uh, I'm going to raise uh, hand. I'll get to you soon, my student. Uh, but doubles is not how it was before. This is not where you would watch Armada and Android play SFED and Pew Pew, and you would watch it Sunday of Genesis. This is not something like that. Uh, doubles is definitely hurting. But we are seeing, with the Big House, one of the first tournaments that has decided to go back to this uh, you know, schedule of, of Melee singles on Friday. I will say, from a... Uh, man, I'm peeling back so many curtains. I will peel back the Big House curtain, that's scheduling people for who are in doubles and are in singles is so easy uh, if you keep all the doubles on Friday and all of singles on Saturday. And it is so amazingly annoying if you mess or if you like mix them any small amount. Because even if you look at the schedule for big gas, doubles and singles don't overlap a, a lot. But the fact that they do just introduces so many headaches and, and like you are 
now having seating that it's like, okay, well, this person can't be seated here even if we wanted them to, uh, but that's just not an option. Or you're, you're like, you're introducing just all these little tiny deviations of, of like the perfect ideal. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a really interesting thing. And uh, Edwin, I know you have your hand up. You are like a good student who wants to be called on. Can you promise me that we're going to be able to do this in a timely manner? Because I want to talk to Zamu as someone who is in the top 50 melee players in the world. I want to talk to him what he thinks about doubles. So if you can promise me you can give me one minute of cogent thought, I will call on you. Yes. Yeah, I'll get it. I'll get it really quickly. Okay, it starts now. Okay. Yeah, all, all I'm going to say is I took a look at viewership stats for uh, for doubles a while ago for a column that I abandoned. And I will say that the, I think the I think having doubles be like split between like maybe the very end of Friday and having it be like top four be like Saturday night night or something, I think is pretty good. Because I think like Saturday night and, and Sunday viewership, you can typically you can typically get something like five digits, which like I know that doesn't sound like much for like a value add to an event. But like if you're pitching to sponsors, stuff like watch time hours become really important. And like and like putting doubles top four on like Sunday or Saturday night is actually like pretty solid for like tens of thousands. But I did look and see what Friday night doubles does. And for the bottom line, like three thousand or like four thousand viewers or whatever, it's atrocious. It's like so bad. Like the like this year's been so terrible. But you know Dark Atma's in there. That's what really matters. Yeah. He's in there and he's loving it. Edwin, three seconds. Do you have anything you want to add? Three seconds. No, I, I that's it. Yeah. Okay. I think it's well, perfect. Cool. We got to keep you to one minute all the time. That was great. <laughs> Zamu, as someone who is in the top 50 of the melee players in the world right now, um, what are your thoughts on doubles? Uh, just in general, like, do you what incentivizes you to enter? Um, if you're, I mean, if you're a doubles person or not, and then, uh, yeah, like what, what schedules do you like when it comes to doubles at an event this big? So I definitely like, um, the, so like Lost Tech City, very kind of odd for it to be like a three day event for Melee. Mm -hmm. There's what, like less than 200 entrants. Um, it's different when you're at like a big major and there are 500 people. And that's like, I guess it's kind of, I don't know. I don't know how many entrance tournaments get now, but like, if there's like, 500 plus people you're spending three days there's like a lot of people to talk to and like interact with and everything but i think it's nice to be able to make a major a weekend um experience um and so like if you're not like invested in doubles it's like okay you don't have to take work off um as much and can go and still like go to a major and ju just enter singles and also for like like streamer people i know mango entered doubles but like they complain about oh i gotta miss so many days of streaming um it's like well you could skip doubles um or skip friday um i do think having doubles i i enter doubles i'm not like a doubles person it's fun um and i i think like as a player it's nice for it to be on like one day and separate and a separate day from singles but it also like it makes it feel like i'm not at, like when i have doubles a separate day from singles it's like i'm not even trying to be in like the super competitive headspace where i'm just like okay let's do it let's win all our sets like just like 
play well the whole time. It's like, let's play doubles. That's fun. Um, and I think there's merit to like being on the same day and it being more competitive feeling. And that's like, I don't know how other people feel about that, but I do think doubles is like a big time and energy commitment. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to not have to do that, but also it's weird for Friday to be like a fake day at majors. Yeah. I always play worse when it's a separate day for doubles. I'm like, I'm going to throw myself off stage. Let's go. This is going to be a fun time. And I've talked to a lot of people on Fridays of, of events where it's like, they're like, yeah, I only have doubles today. <laughs> it's like, like already immediately writing off. Yeah, I can do whatever. I only have doubles. So I just like, we can go drink. I just have to be here at a certain point. Like, I don't really care what happens. Uh, it does seem to, to be lessened like that in a way where, uh yeah you're right i mean like even if they might not care more about doubles necessarily in a vacuum if it's on the same day as, as singles i think definitely it like feeds off of that importance a little more yeah edwin did you not raise your hand i thought i saw you raising your hand uh i i did but you know we, we can move on I, I feel like okay i, I was going to bring up something like kind of like as an outcome of having doubles on friday but it can kind of like spiral into a whole other discussion. We, we can move on. Cool. All right. Awesome. And I think we do have a lot to talk about here. I think, I think it is a good idea to move on. Let's talk about the bracket that we saw here at Lost Tech City. Because as much as we mentioned, it's only like 150 people here. This was a pretty fun major. Maybe this is just how I viewed it. Um, as someone who did not go very last minute, maybe my, until last minute, maybe my idea is this as like an add-on major, as like additive to the year instead of um, something like Shine or Riptide or like various things that we see as institutions. Um, this was like a really fun thing for me. This was an event where I did not expect a lot of it, even though they put up $5,000, I think. They, uh, they put up a pretty big prize pool. They, it's a Panda Cup event. It is a Smash World Tour gold event. Despite all of these little things, it became pretty or, or, uh, clear early on to me, at least, uh, who is one of those weirdos who checks Start GG all the time that this was not going to be another major, like another uh, like super major that we were going to have. So it seemed to be pretty fun for me. I'm glad that we got to see uh, like another Mango Plup tournament before Big House. That is so cool to me. Uh, like having all these really cool sets that were like pretty close in, in top eight was really fun. I don't, it, to me, it struck me as kind of like a what the Fox situation, what the Fox too. Like, these tournaments that I don't think would be like it would make it in, in, uh, in the long term, or I guess we still have to see, but this type of thing that just like it, it adds a little fun thing to the to the year um, and no more fun way of doing that than having the top eight that we had, which was Plup and Mango going absolutely off. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to talk about SFOP. So we have two Fox mains here and uh, one and hey. And two fox enjoyers. I don't know who's. I don't know who would be the non-fox enjoyer. We've got two fox mains and two fox enjoyers. So I think that we are all excited, excited to see Sfop um, shine here. But uh, yeah, Zama, do you want to? Yeah, <laughs> true. Do you want to talk about Sfop a bit? Because I'm sure that the people who watch our our podcast know all about him. But uh, do you like what's the what's the deets on him? Yeah, um, Sfop is like so sick. One of the possibly the the fastest and i never know what 
what people mean when they say like a fox is fast. <laughs> people call me fast. I don't know what that means. I am fast. Like I know I'm fast. I feel it, but I don't know what that means. SFOP is maybe the fastest fox on the planet. Um, he is like, people have said like kind of he's like the bobby big balls of fox or something which is like they press buttons quick and they 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 shine a lot you know um Esfot beat kadoran which was really cool um insane set like kadoran beat kadoran a lot <laughs> but Esfot did what he had to um and then yeah Esfot is from dallas i believe um and he he has the Texas power up last uh low low tide he or maybe the first low tide he beat Esther J you know um beat Noel beat Noel beat them both yeah yeah he he's just like he's just a player that not many people know of um not enough people know of that once you see him play you're like how have I not seen this guy it's like crazy. I think it's pretty clear how we haven't seen him because this is his first event of the year. Oh, uh, like he, he might have had a, a Monday Night Melee here or there, but even then, he has not really attended locals. For someone who was a locals fiend last year uh, and was an online fiend for, throughout most of the pandemic, we really haven't seen a lot of them. So this was an event that I think he ended up going pretty last minute. Um, it was around the same time as him getting signed up for the Ludwig LCQ. So I just, it's amazing to me, <clears throat> excuse me, it's amazing to me um, that he is now going to Panda Cup. It's like how Kem was basically the last one who signed up for CEO. He got snuck in a little after he uh, maybe should have been. But Kem ended up getting a spot to Panda Cup as well. And and here we are with SFOP. It's just like so amazing to me to see these new type of players um, get to like show it off more. Like the, the Panda Cup slots for melee to me are really funny because you look at it and it's some of the best players in the world that you'd expect to get these and then it's just like a bunch of people who you would not throw in yeah it's like, really random i i always feel like like the summit spots always go to the people that i expect them to go to you know what i mean yeah. like i feel like most years the summit spot is like oh it's it's fiction or like oh it's shroomed it's like oh dreffen beat shroomed <laughs> you know what i mean it's like you know, S fat every single year or whatever, whatever right? Like I'm just like, oh, it's like okay, people that I understand will make it. And like the Panda Cup slots are like not that conceptually different. And you know, here we are with like you know, Cam getting one. I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> that's cool. You know, I just think it's a, a very funny how it's shaken out because I don't think it's like an, a byproduct of like the format or anything. I just think it's just how it happened, like just completely randomly. I feel like I it's mean. Like yeah. way different way different than 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 summit spots though like because summit spot like there's like the people that just get flown out right and they're they're the mm -hmm. guaranteed invites very standard always and then most of the vote-ins are standard and then there's like a few qualifiers but because these are they're only qualifiers and there's like so many there i mean i don't know if there's so many events but there's like a, a few events that it's not like everyone is necessarily going to like smash factor and stuff um and so and like like at lost tech it would have been very reasonable for the the qualifiers to be like i don't i don't know who wasn't qualified but like kadoran and like whoever else we expect. like s fat or something yeah yeah oh yeah s fat yeah um but instead there's just like i feel like there's enough chances for for like these 
really surprising qualifiers like SFOP and Chem, whereas for Summit, there's not like um, in the there have been some more qualifier spots, but there'll be like one or two tournaments rather than like mm -hmm. eight or whatever. Yeah, that's a good point. There definitely are a lot more slots. And you know what's interesting is that so the way that Summit does it, BTS has like a very um like <laughs> they they've got a very uh, long history of doing some of the biggest events. And if you get the slot at the big house, you probably need to get like ninth, maybe. Maybe that's like the lowest that you can get and get the slot at the big house, I believe, for this summit, which is a big undertaking, I will say, to get ninth at the big house. It's going to take uh, a lot to do that. And, and you're right. You probably will have like your more uh, uh, conventional top players do that. But we have like these kind of really interesting events where CEO is not typically an event right now in Melee that will garner all the top players. Uh, same with Smash Factor and uh, Lost Tech City. Like even the normal LTCs don't gather that. So yeah, you're right. It is really interesting to see. And, and what's really funny is that like, I got the chance to talk to the uh, the alt side of it as I uh, as I do at these like events where I I really don't know much about ultimate but I do like Steve so I like am interested so I will go over to the uh, the PG stats people like Jackie Peanuts who is the uh, I, I mean I guess I'm the Jackie Peanuts for melee he's not the wheat for <laughs> for ultimate but he is the analyst desk uh, person for the Panda Cup events for ultimate and I go over and I'm like how's it looking now. And he just like gives me a little update of what ultimate's like. And then every few months I'll just re up. And that's like basically how I will understand what ultimate is. Uh, but the really cool thing is that LTC didn't have any people who already had the slot. Like the top three people at LTC got slots because the way that ultimate's been shaking out is that all the top players, if they get a slot, they're like, okay, I'm going to rest. I'm not going to go to this event, but all the melee that's players so are just, they're, they're just like, that's all right, well, so <laughs> I've qualified for this, but, uh, you know, I'm HBox. I have to go to. <laughs> I've got to go to my like fifth event of the month somehow. Dude, uh, that's wild. <laughs> they don't even have netplay. They have like the laggy Wi-Fi. Like you can't play it play unless game. you go to the tournaments. Like, are they going and just not entering, or are they just straight up like? No, they're, they're. I mean, with the way that Ultimate is, so so you know how we have like DreamHack Rotterdam, and we've got um uh the other event that's the same week uh the off season we you know we've got like overlap i think i think every weekend for ultimates like that they're like they have a 600 person in france with like 30 top players and then they've got one in like japan that's like huge and it's like everyone there can top eight a major in america and then they've got like an america so i think they like they have their events that they can go to so i'm not necessarily sure if they're just like all sitting or if they're going to like another random event but yeah i mean the way that it's shaken out for panda cup slots is that like the melee ones you don't necessarily have to get top three at an event like this you can be someone like svop who like admittedly had an amazing run to get to fifth uh but yeah it, it definitely has led like to some more uh some more like lesser known players to get these slots which is really really cool i do think that i haven't so i maybe this is very possible that i just like have kind of missed it i haven't felt like like melee players are going to events because they're like trying to get a panda cup slot or like like i feel like melee players have not really been doing the circuits like as circuits i know for myself i'm very like specifically trying to do that because i don't want to like care like oh i need to go find a, a smash world tour 
silver event like i just did not want that and also like i was um i wasn't sure like what i wanted to do with competition and stuff but but even like others that are like really all in competing i feel like i haven't it's just not something i've i've seen mm -hmm. or heard is people like caring specifically about like going like shaping the events they're going to go to because of that they just like sick i'm 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 in texas i'm gonna go to lost tech city i'm gonna get fifth i'm gonna qualify for panda cup sick i think I some people are and there's a really big vibe bad. difference <laughs> well i think the 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 more funny one to me is um i know bbats was like that for a little bit especially with smash world tour they were like like tweeting every week they were like oh i'm, I'm like i'm like 100 points by the threshold i don't know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do i gotta find another silver and then they got like fourth at fate and they got like 30,000 points. And then they tweeted like <laughs> themselves in fourth place. And they're like, I don't think I have to worry anymore. I think I'm okay. <laughs> so I think some people are like that, but I think that um, I've spoken about this in the past where I think the circuit is really funny because both outcomes, like the people that qualify through like points or like, you know, non-qualifying placements, um, you're either going to have like infinity points and there's no way you're not going to get it. Or you're going to have like zero points and there's no way you're going to get it. And then there's like the 10 people in the entire world that are like on the bubble, like, like really close to getting it. And like, those are the people that are stressed out all the time. And then like the qualifier spots are like the complete opposite where it's like, it's not even useful to think about them because you're either going to get them by playing really well at that tournament or it's not going to matter at all. Right. So yeah. Or it, it, could come into play for the panel which right now has like it, it's just so amorphous where it doesn't even yeah like like what does well, that mean like who yeah are you, I, how are you like, what events will impress this panel <laughs> who is the panel it's yeah it's just like you do you like did the panel like this i just got ninth place does the panel does the panel approve it's like <laughs> yeah you're right there's there's nothing it's so funny that it's a big binary because there's either like you know you're in or like you have no idea uh what is the panel for? Panda Cup has a panel, oh. which is, uh, I called it mango proofing, which now yeah, I don't have to worry really about. Say that. But it's like this. So uh, I, I forget the, the number of slots used to be like 14. I think that that might have changed because there might be more LCQ slots up. But basically, their uh, ultimate like has a online leaderboard of all these events every week. And then Melee uh, does not, Melee, let me look in the camera. Melee does not have online. So we are not yeah. able to have an online leaderboard. So it, uh, instead, we have a group of uh, of experts who I, I don't think has been revealed or uh, approached. Decided. <laughs> uh, of people who they kind of like pick uh, like this person did really well at, at these events uh, for Panda Cup and then decided that. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. It, it is going to be interesting to see like what that even amounts to or. Or, like, uh, who gets chosen for that. But at this point, yeah, if you are a player, there's, like, no way to know what that means. You can't even think about that. You just have to go, okay, well, I guess if they select me, I will I will find out. It's such a weird thing. But it's it's cool that we have these. It's, mm -hmm. like, so... You're right, Zamu. When you say that people don't talk about this as players, you're, you are so absolutely right. Because I have talked to some players about, like, what are upcoming events. Uh, and they have no idea what it is. Aklo talked to me like a couple of weeks ago <clears throat> and he was, <clears throat> Ooh, sorry. Uh, every time I bring up Aklo, I get a little uh, <laughs> congested, I guess. But uh, he, he asked me like, what's going on with the Smash World Tour? And I'm like, 
Um, so it's been going on for almost the entire year. There's been a ton of events with points, and you have entered uh, like one of them. <laughs> so uh, I think that's not going to be something that you're going to get invited to this year. But yeah, I mean, like there, I think there's a lot of things. Melee has not had anything like this. Um, the idea of like the top 100 people say that it does not incentivize people to enter things, which is a whole different can of worms. Uh, but has obviously like had people pick and choose events that they want to go to. Uh, COVID's a thing, I guess you can also bring up. Like, right? There's a lot of reasons why we don't see people like jumping to go to every single event. Uh, and yeah, because of that, like it's funny people are just not really necessarily picking their events based on if it's panda cup or if it's smash world tour they just kind of are going to go to the events that they're going to go to and if hey if the panel looks at big house then that's like a, a bonus it's it's definitely well, interesting. i do think that there's there's something to be said about the fact that there's two of them yeah um because i remember when smash world tour like was announced like well before panda cup was a thing People were like worried that this was like a, a VGPC power play type of deal to like artificially inflate the importance of certain tournaments over others. It's like, oh well, you know, you guys just want to put double down, but as the same level as like Genesis, but like you're trying to purchase it with this like circuit that like you know doesn't consider the tournaments of your competitors as important or whatever. And then like another circuit came up which had like a completely distinct set of tournaments, which was partially overlapping. <laughs> So as a result, it's not like, okay, well, no tournament is now inflated over another because like whatever you go to is going to count towards one of the circuits. So it's, yeah, just go whatever, you know, it's like, it's very interesting that that's the case because I feel like they kind of work against each other in that way where like no one really will elevate the importance of a tournament based on its membership in one or both circuits. Um, which is good. But I wonder if that's... Be yeah, no, it, it works out well, I think, for the community at large, but I wonder if that's, like, a like a byproduct. You know what I mean? Like, if there were only mm -hmm. one of the circuits, I wonder if the landscape would be different at all. Or no, maybe not. I don't know. I, I want to hear Edwin's thoughts about this, because I, I'm not sure, personally, if, if, like, Smash is accepting of these types of circuits. Uh, and, like, we, we seem to get drawn more to the big events. Uh and like the prestige that comes from winning Smash World Tour is nowhere near the prestige that comes from winning Capcom Cup. Like if we don't, we've got a top 100, you know, that decides who's the best players. Uh, and and it, I, this is dumbing down FGC stuff. But a lot of times they they will basically just like have uh, the Capcom Cup or they have Arc Revo or something. They will have some sort of uh, event at the end of the year. And kind of like in, in traditional sports, they'll just go, Okay, we're. I won the event. I am now the best. Like this is indisputable, and I'll only be dethroned once the next person wins the like the big one next year. Uh, and melee is like not conducive to that as as something that we have in our community. Like we just like not had something like that. Uh, and yeah, I think it's really interesting. Edwin, what do what do you think? Big note. Yeah, I, I think the so I mean like I, I've written about this topic before, right? I've written about like challenges that the scene has moving forward. I think have the whole point of having a circuit, like, and I'm going to really try my best to not go on a rant here. The whole point of having a circuit is is that, like, you're supposed to create this, like, it, this is like a mechanism to incentivize people to go to events and to, and to like, care about them and to lead up into something really big. And all I'm going to say right now is I'm just going to describe the landscape, okay? You have, two, you have two circuits. They're, like, kind of competing against each other, but also not totally 
Then there's like this third thing, which is sort of considered like a circus. I guess if you call it that. Do not like bring Papa up Papa John's. Yeah. They, Papa John's like connected. literally gives money to TOs. That's all they do. No, I, I mean, that's great. But I'm just saying like, the point is you have these two circuits that are competing, but they're not trying to be open, like openly hostile or adversarial toward each other. But the whole point of having a circuit is that it's supposed to centralize the scene and incentivize people to go to go to events. And like, neither circuit officially has like genesis on it right and it's like that is literally like the most prestigious event you could have so many circuits in the scene you could even have one circuit in the scene and if it doesn't have genesis like you, th- you think mango cares more about winning like 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 the finals of a circuit in the scene more than he cares about winning winning genesis you know what i mean there, there's so many things with that kind of prestige and like kind of history mm-hmm. and legacy in the scene it's, it's very difficult for me that even if there was one circuit, which, by the way, I already mentioned my issues with having multiple circuits, but even if there was one circuit and it didn't have Genesis in it, I would I would take that circuit less seriously. Like I, I and I okay, think let, that's let me let me like, let me throw it to our guest. Isn't that isn't that Andy's point though? Nami, here, here's my my question to you about the philosophical point of a circuit. Mm-hmm. So say that there is the Edwin Budding circuit next year. And there's a uh, you know five hundred thousand dollar prize for first place, right? Five hundred thousand, uh, like Patreon slots in the. Discord. Are you asking about the break? So it, it's five hundred thousand dollar prize for first, and uh, you win it over Musco Man. Musco Man gets second. He wins like a hundred thousand um, dollars. It goes game you, nine. Game nine, yeah, very tight set. Musco Man plays extra well. Get um, set to would you rather? Would you rather win? Five hundred thousand dollars winning the Edwin Budding circuit, or would you rather win Genesis? So you're talking. So I, I, I guess the question you're asking, is Edwin, like, Edwin, the question is not to you. The question is to Zombie. So I, I want the oh, competitor perspective here. Oh, no, no. I mean, you're holding the circuit. Yeah, this is your five hundred thousand. But, but I would rather, I would rather win the Edwin Budding circuit. But. Um, this is similar to a thing we talked about on four side fights, actually, where I was saying I would rather, even if the prize pool was the same, I would rather win the Ludwig event than win the big house. Um, mm-hmm. Because I would rather win the thing where I get to play more good sets, more good melee. Um, and just like the, the necessary consistent high level play that I would have to produce to to like win all of the consecutive sets um but five hundred thousand for sure i would care more about that than genesis right i think this is a very funny note to add to all of this because i do think that people behave as if they all cared about genesis more mm-hmm. right and it nets out to be very funny because like you know plopa wins smash world tour and he'll make like a very very large chunk of chat chem chunk of cash and uh like no one will care about it no. it's like very weird to me because i feel like you ask this question to a lot of people they're like oh yeah the money <laughs> like, yeah the it's prestige okay. is placed by the like spectator um more than necessarily the like that value like yeah it would be sick to win genesis that would be awesome like but but the competitor i think sooner will will flip sooner maybe so i i want to bring this up because i think ambi has such a good point about this and now 
I think we were describing the bracket of, of Lost Tech City, but I've gotten very far. But I, I do love to talk about this. This is so fun. So I want to I want to talk about Smash Retort just a little bit. I guess bring out my white knight, uh, look my different white knight outfit. <laughs> I've yeah, got on my different set of armor. It's like uh, a crew. It's just like a little off white. Um, I want to talk about Smash Retort because it. You're right. It's so funny. The Smash Retort prize pool is bigger than Ludwig Smash Invitational. It's bigger than the Big House 10. It's bigger than Smash Summit 13 was. And it's bigger than Panda Cup. And not only is it bigger than all of those uh, by themselves, it's bigger than them combined. And yet, people are like, so, they're like, I don't know what Special Tour is. If I make it, I'll make it. Or there's like people who are just like dropping out to go uh, Smashbox or whatever, which <laughs> honestly, knowing Ludwig, they might get some good money from going to that. So like, obviously, you know, that's, that has to do with it. Um, does anyone want to guess how much money you get for winning smash world tour 2022? Like, just take a guess. 100,000. Okay. Well, be serious. (laughs) I mean, I thought you said more than smash. Oh, I was thinking smash summit 11. Yeah, no, no smash summit. The most recent smash Summit we had. So smash, because I'm using that because we have Summit 14. Obviously, Summit 14 has a variable prize pool, so we don't know what it's yeah, going to be. Yeah, yeah. And the closest uh, you know that we have is is the Summit that already happened in the year. Uh, but okay, you win forty thousand dollars for getting first prize there. That is like like average household income, right? That is so that that <laughs> that's a lot of money, and yet I I bet that people go. Yeah, I, I'm going to main stage. I'm going to Panda Cup. I'll just stay in LA for another week. I don't need to to go to a special tour. Six it's so people, funny. Six people are in contention for that forty thousand. So like the rest of the seven billion on the planet don't really care that much. <laughs> okay, you know what? When you say when you say it like that, there are a lot of people on this planet. <laughs> you know what? We're just the the Earth's been around for so long and will continue to be until the heat death of the universe. And this. Smash World Tour, three days in San Antonio, it's just a mere blip. So why do we care about it at all? <laughs> Forty thousand. Uh, yeah. How much is that in uh, the yard podcast months? <laughs> Forty thousand. That's like uh, that's like two weeks, right? <laughs> week, or maybe a week and a half, nine days, something. Uh, but I mean, yeah, it is. It's really interesting to see that these events that I've seen all hyped up more. Obviously, you know, there's like so, a lot of stuff that goes into event more than money. Um, but people are really hyped about the Ludwig event, really hyped about Big House, always hyped about Summit. Uh, and I've seen, I think, like with the reveal of the location of Panda Cup and all that type of stuff, I've seen like a lot of positive stuff towards Panda Cup. And it's really funny and sad in a way, I guess, to not see like any of this be extended towards Smash World Tour. But uh, that's how it is and, and maybe by the end of the year we will see more of that but uh well just r- really quickly in the first smash world tour i do think the international players care quite a bit about smash world tour yes like I, you're right i think that's one one thing that, like as sort of funny and understandable as it is to be like why is no one excited like the how are they how could you like not get people excited for this sort of thing i do think that there's a contingency of can there's like a group of international players who I think would like stand to benefit a lot. And this is kind of like their opportunity to make the most of it. So in that sense, I'm very excited to see like, like I am following or I would like to follow like what international players have come to the States as a result of it. Like, I think the one thing is that like, 
like the worst case scenario is that it's more melee events, right? Like featuring players that might not otherwise get opportunities. And I, I think it's a net good. I think you're right. And, and so I, I guess we'll just continue on the special tour for just a little bit longer. Um, I crunched some numbers and I looked into the events that are following. We, we only really have two platinum events. Uh, one of which is first attack this weekend with 15 people entering uh, this weekend what a choice to run it this weekend well so first attack is a, a, a fcc event that's been around for a long time so it just so happens to be on the same weekend. yeah like to have it be platinum is what i mean that's yeah. hilarious yeah so so um the way that smash World tour works with their they have slots that are points based and they have slots that are um if you're number one in the region, regardless of how many points you have, if you have 70 points and you're the for, like the best in your region by points, you get a slot. Um, so that really only gives uh, someone from Central America a slot that like decides it on its own. I think we've got a platinum event, uh, a battle gateway in Japan. So that one will like add. Uh, I did some crunching the numbers, like specific people uh, have to get like first or second or third and they can get in uh but yeah, it's really interesting because you're right. There aren't, uh, Amber, you mentioned there's like 10 people in contention. The The way that we're at right now is that like there's not that many people who are able to make it, but we're going to see some really cool international people regardless. We have Riken, who's already basically a lock regardless of how uh, it plays out. Ingen can make it. Um, what's the tag? Hatuka, Hatuka, Hatuka or whatever. So like, the yeah, we're going to see some really cool stuff and honestly you know if uh if we have three big events week to week to week main stage smash World tour and panda cup we already talked about how panda cup has like interesting players if smash World tour is interesting players i think that that's better for melee is than having like here are the same uh 32 players at each event let's see how they do week to week to week i think it's cool to see the differences um that being said does anyone want to mention anything about Lost Tech City before we move on to Big House? I thought it was a really cool winners finals and grand finals. I thought HBox got destroyed, uh, so that was like a little interesting to see. But uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, I I'm ready to move on when anyone else is. Yeah, so it's a turn uh, race. True. Well. <laughs> Apparent. I saw the the Reddit comments because it was posted to Reddit saying that they are the John from No Johns was uh, not believing it. There was a conspiracy that that's actually not him. I was really interested by that. It, they're like, they're like, who edited this? Who said it? There's no sources. I didn't realize that was him. He he won a tournament over me like two years ago. Wow. What a well, I mean, hey, Reddit doesn't... Reddit's not that sure. So maybe it's not. All right. I need to uh, understand one thing with Mango. Okay. With Mango's Fox in particular. I'm a, you know, I wouldn't say I'm terrible at this, but I'm definitely a results over game tape guys. Game tape guys annoy me a lot. They think they know everything. None of, none of you know anything. You, you, you think you watch a game tape, you think you know everything. You don't know shit. You should know results that happen and make decisions and predictions based on results. That's what I'm all about, okay? But there are moments where I'm left completely confused and completely baffled, and I need game tape people to explain to me, like, very basic things, right? And one thing that I just genuinely do not understand is why Mango doesn't counterpick FD against Club. I don't get it. I truly don't understand this. It, it feels like he's deliberately kneecapping his chances of success. It doesn't, it doesn't, it seems like something to me where like if, 
he's going to be playing Fox in this matchup and then maybe keeping the Falcos like a wild card to like switch the tempo of a set. I truly do not understand why he, he doesn't go FD. Is there Zamu? You, you go first. Is there something missing? Um. So the thought like I had when I was watching it was like he really doesn't want want to play Plup Fox Ditto on that stage or Fox Falco on that okay. stage. Mm-hmm. Um. But like it, what it, it's weird when he he like does that verse like H box sometimes too. He picks the Yoshi's and then I'm like, come on, please, please. <laughs> but I think that the the Fox Plup Fox um makes it not like super super absurd to not go fd i guess Owned. what do you think what me yeah yeah uh i think yeah so i think i was right about about plop double right? owned. Uh, <laughs> you're getting uh, owned a lot here well yeah i mean I need, to yeah. Understand. I need to get owned so i understand those. yeah so i mean i, I think that there is certainly debate because there's like a counterpick war that could go on with plop on fd because I do think that Mango's Falco and FD is probably quite strong. So I think that that's a, you know, I don't necessarily know if that's 100% of the reason. Like, I, I think that um, Mango would not be super afraid of that matchup by itself. Um, I do think that Mango likes platforms. Uh, you know what I mean? I think that, and, and he also likes, like, the closer space, right? I think is the more big thing. I always talk about this difference um, with Plop versus Hungrybox compared to the other Foxes versus Hungrybox, where I think that um, Plop in particular plays a lot more the mid-range compared to, you know, like Armada, Leffen, like that style. And um, it's really funny because it looks like he's just getting pummeled a lot of the time. Like he'll get up throw arrested a lot more than like Leffen, who's like all the way on the other side of the stage lasering half the time. <laughs> um, but, you know, like you're in that that mid-range and you're threatening <laughs> so like hungry box will swing more frequently and then like you can get like openings that way um and you know i, I think that that's harder <laughs> i think it's worse i definitely think it's uh, he should go fd but i do think that uh you know that's what's going on in his brain he's like i just want this guy to stop camping me i want to be close Yeah, I, I for one am interested to see how both of those move forward, Plup and uh, Mango, both versus HBox, because I I feel like we've both of them have never felt like they have really destroyed him since HBox's rise. Like they've obviously had times where Mango wins a few sets in a row. Plup has had that time where uh, he started winning, and then we all were like. He's the best Fox versus Puff, uh, I think was an Ambi Discord message from 2017. Uh, but like, yeah, we, we have not seen this for definitive stretches of time. And I, I want to see, yeah, we, we've been seeing a lot of back and forth. I, I'd love to see how this goes forward. And I don't think there's a better opportunity than what we're going to see at the Big House 10. Big House 10 is coming up. This is going to be the second biggest turn of the year in terms of entrance uh 983 i believe is the final number which is over the big house nine which is pretty insane i'm I'm really glad to see that this is not only an event that has the prestige of all these top players really barely missing any people in the top 25 and and having a lot of people in the top 50 top prospective top 100 
Um, but it's just like an event that people attend as well. So I'm really excited to see that. But in terms of what we're going to be talking about, it all comes down to those <laughs> to those uh, people who can make waves and people who can take the tournament, of which I don't know if we've seen this many people who can do that, right? Like what what tournament is more up in the air than the Big House 10, not only this year, but in recent memory? Because I don't know if I know of one. Edwin budding can you can like what what's more up in the air than this one what's more of an open field some arcadian okay. yeah, arcadians i, I could I see being yeah. national yeah. maybe arcadian one for maybe that that was speaking of one. which shout outs to seal for winning the arcadian as the first seed that doesn't happen yeah let's go seal also let's shout see. out for the the number one seed of an arcadian not being like a samus or something i feel like they always like, like it's always like somehow yeah, it's like, it's like, why are there so many Samus players as the number one seed? Um, yeah. So, so Edwin, what were you, what were you about to say? Uh, I think the so like I would say there's about like, there's like what seven or eight people that could win this event. One of them I think is like a very big underdog, but I think it's a it, it's enough of a chance to where I'm gonna say eight people. One of them, it would be the biggest melee upset of all time if it happened. It would be miraculous i that's what i said dude you but got fucking uh owned for saying the word miraculous <laughs> people got it so really mad would be crazy dude, if i won don't understand how I'm, like <laughs> i really want it to happen <laughs> i'm doing it to like gas him up it's really hard zamu, zamu i don't know if you're a uh a reddit user but edwin budding made a comment monday or a column monday morning marth he said that Amsa, what was it? the The concept was about Amsa's like road to getting first place in, at a big event. What What did you say about it that enraged people so much? I said it's not enough that he can beat people at the top level. He has to beat them in a row to win. It's it would be it would like truthly truth. It was something like truthfully speaking, it would be miraculous if he won a major. I think you're that, the perfect person for like. I, I would trust you immensely and the results based like decide thinking that is like perfect because you're you're right. Okay, so I think that yeah, he is wanna, he's keeping he's keeping something away from us. I think that's that can't be I wanna true. reiterate something here really quick. It's surprisingly lazy analysis, some of it apparently according to McNutt for Prez. Are you reading the comments? That's awesome. Oh yeah, uh, Abby. We, I think, I don't know. Are we super petty or something? We've read YouTube comments on here multiple times. <laughs> Didn't yeah, we, we actually it? have done that. I, think... I, I feel like it's different though, because I feel did like we the... do it <laughs> in our last episode with Kadoran. Because I read the comments and they all tell us how great we are. Like, like now they're on watch. <laughs> they're like, wait, I didn't know that we were gonna get called out. <laughs> you guys are okay, so great. Really quickly, I just I need to make this clear that like. I literally want AMSA to win. Out of all the people at, at like the top level, I think an AMSA victory would be such a W for Melee. Like in so many ways, right? We, we've had this game that's been out like 20 years. We have this guy playing a character that we've constantly like doubted for so long. And I'm contributing to that right now <laughs> by saying that it would be miraculous. I literally want this to happen. Like... It yeah, would be um, great if Amsa won. It doesn't stop it from being a dog-ass take, according to Lamefoot IHOB. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Miraculous that a top-ten player wins a major? 
Maybe Honestly, we're using yeah. the word miraculous a little too liberally. So, so he called. Okay, it so I think I think this comment highlights just how cool the current landscape of melee is, right? Because like, imagine going back in time to like you know like 2015, and like like fucking some Yukon nerd uh, writes a column on BigNook.com, being like, "Sfat, there's no chance he wins a major this year. There's fucking no chance." He will never do it in 2015. I do not believe it will ever happen. He can beat Hungrybox sometimes. Maybe he can, you know, back throw Shine Mango once or twice. He won't be able to put it all together. And everyone's like, why are you writing this, dude? He's not going to do it. <laughs> we know he's not going to do it. And now so many people can win majors that the very idea of it being miraculous to win a major as like a top 10 player that plays Yoshi is like, a take worthy of ridicule to the greater Reddit population. <laughs> That's so yeah, awesome. I, just on. I said it was possible. I just said it was unlikely. I literally included him in the column <laughs> as someone who can win. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of on uh, on their side. Oh, here's a great one. So, uh, yeah, so the lazy analysis is bringing up lifetime records to demiss some of Ams' head-to-heads. He's 5-2 and two in his last seven sets against Mango, which is way more meaningful to how he performed against him in 22 rather than his lifetime losing record, which is only 5-6. to six. Huh. Yeah, you kind of got to look to your man. I made the case for and against. Like, in the column, I mentioned, like, the case for Amsa to win, and in the case against, I bring I bring up his head-to-head. I think uh, those are relevant. Man, I, I'm kind of feeling that that you uh you're wrong here. I'm side with that. Which which part was at the beginning of the, the column and which part was at the end? It's like can't expect people to, to read very much. That's true. On Reddit. I, I, I shouldn't expect it. I've been doing this for like four years. You think I would have expected it by now? I like that I like the the reading Reddit comments because like you can you can maybe read YouTube comments under like the guise of like legitimate interest or something but like reddit comments i feel like they're just like different i i love reddit comments because i think reddit comments are like they're like youtube comments but there's like a conceit that they're real right because like you read a youtube comment and you're like this guy this guy's he he might as well be a bot right like there's one good youtube commenter and it's ssbc ssbc yes everyone else everyone else is is a bot right but like reddit reddit like everyone posts like oh i'm a community member and i have an opinion right and like every so often you'll get like coffee or marge or something and they'll come in and be like what do you guys think this is relative to the status of the era of the five gods like is it over (laughs) is it still there what happens if Ams is thinking about cucumbers in his set versus mango? You know what I mean? And everyone just engages with it because, like, that's just what they do. Because they pretty much start the same reading thing. Yeah. Well, okay. Only, only look for like a. I forget Coffee's Reddit handle, but his is really good. I, uh, I wanna. Okay, I, I'm looking at the column. I, hey, give it a click. Does, uh, does that help us? I imagine can't hurt us i i open the column and and it's talking about who can win big house topical uh the the phrase the edwin odds 
all capitalized as if it's a thing. Uh, gives each player odds to win. Uh, so Zane has four to one odds. IBW and HBox have five to one odds. Mango has six to one odds. Uh, Jmook, Leffen, and Plup all have the same odds, which is nine to one. Which that's weird. You're, smoke, you're smoking a little pot here, man. What did you not see? <laughs> did you not see Leffen utterly destroy every single person at Battle BC? And then you go. Yeah, he can win this as much as Jmook has, who has I saw the not won a major. Before that, dude. The, odds the one before DQ that, he took a similar like period of time on a break. I think it's like it's like very unprecedented for like before, like after PP, for someone to come back after so long after like winning an event just to win another one. I think it's like really unlikely. Um, it is lucky, oh. so I'm not gonna say it's not possible. But yeah, like, I, I sure. do think the odds are kind of against. Like I think they're much worse. Okay, here's the real question. Do you well, guys I mean, think Leffen enters it, it, Strive at Big House? Because there is a Strive turn. Uh, Strive probably only has, like, Apology Man. He probably, like, goes to karaoke with Apology Man and then, like, just destroys everyone in doubles the next day or in uh, in singles on Saturday. Like, I, I bet that's what happens. Uh, okay, so, one... Plup got second at like every single event recently. Uh, I don't think you should be giving him the same odds as Jmook, regardless. But your your odds yeah, for the guy Amsa, that also got second at every tournament. You act <laughs> true. <laughs> you act like you're a little angel, and you never said anything bad about Amsa. You gave him fifty to one odds. Like, dude, yeah, I think one is fair. I'll take that. I'll take that versus you right now. We. Do you want to take on all these people? You're go- I'll take you're you at fifty to down. one. I'll do two dollars to hundred. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. Yeah. Not only that, if you do 50 to 100, I will, uh, you know, because I always think content. 50 right? to 100. I'll dress up in a Yoshi costume. Okay, I'm not betting you any more than $2. So you're putting the Yoshi on top of the 100. He's putting the Yoshi costume on the melee stats card. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is all going off there. Dude, why did you get the $1,000 Yoshi costume for this? <laughs> <laughs> It's it's hyper realistic. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the odds for those odds for Amsa are very fair, and also of course Reddit would be so mad at me for that because <laughs> it's like, like, like I think like the chance of him winning all like he can beat any individual player for sure, and but the chance of him doing it all in a row is like. I think fifty to one is is like pretty fair compared to like the chance of Jmook or Plup, which maybe shouldn't be the same. Maybe they should. Omen Leffen, like <laughs> we we like that's like a very reasonable thing comparatively. I think. Well, we're gonna be getting into this later for sure because we're gonna be talking about what's going on uh, in terms of like who can win this type of stuff. But before we get there. I guess here let's let's go on Mango just a little bit. We just finished talking about LTC. We're talking about Big House Ten. We've got a lot of events coming in the end of the year. We saw Mango win Lost Tech City. We saw Mango win Super Smash Con. We have this conversation about HBox a lot, but can Mango be number one again? The the, the thought of this when we ranked him eleventh, uh, and then we individually. Did not rank him 11th, I will say. Uh, the thought of this is is insane, but have we kind of reached a time where this is possible? And a sinister. What do, what do you think, man? <laughs> I think this is a very funny question because I'm trying to put myself in the headspace that says no to it. 
<laughs> right? I'm trying to I'm trying to see the angle, which is like, no, this is a fluke. He'll never be number one. And it's not coming. <laughs> I think that um the angle in which I say Mango will never be number one again is like I think Mango will retire this year and will not get number one this year. And then like maybe I can see it. I don't mm-hmm. think that's what will happen. I think it's very likely that he has a realistic shot at number one again. In well, what's his team. shot? Do you think? Like, what's what's the? And don't just say he wins every single tournament. Like, what's the? Give me a realistic way that this happens. Last uh, time we were on the podcast, I gave a realistic way that I think Hbox gets number one, which is he wins every event that does not have everyone there, and it's just like he wins one big event and then wins all the apexes and then it just kind of falls in his favor. What's the, what's the path for mango to get this? So who has the most majors right now? It's probably hungry box, right? Or is it? No, Zane, I'm trying to remember. Zane and Cody, I think Zane, Cody and H box have like three big events. It depends so, what you want to consider a major. Yeah. Uh, if you're mango or if you're a H box, you just tweet out that you won wave dash and call it your second major of the year. Right. People, yeah. He did win wave dash and say it was a major much. People just go like, delight. yeah, I think you're right, man. <laughs> it had you, J Mook, mango and uh Kadorina. Yeah. That's, that's what I call it's a major. major. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah i don't know i feel like he could do it winning like um you know what if he wins both circuits that'd be a fun one man yeah, wins both circuits and his yeah well i mean <laughs> that's a very funny point well i think the, the fastest way to make someone care about something in the melee community is for mango to win it um True. i think that uh I can very much see it being like a royal flush type of thing where it's like, I think this tournament would have been completely forgotten by all of history if Mango did not win it. But Mango won it, so now it's cool. Get um, ready, Lost Tech City. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying, dude. Pipsqueak won it, Mango won it. What a great tournament. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think that, uh, you know, he's not that far away. I think that, like, the, the very funny thing about this is that I don't think that there's, like, a person that's really really far out in front that he needs to catch which is usually mm-hmm. i think the case with all these discussions like oh yeah you know like here's how bernie can still win <laughs> you know what <laughs> i mean like it, it doesn't have that vibe to me because it's like oh well he's got some majors like yeah he could win the big house and then like main stage or something and then like yeah is he better than cody like oh yeah well cody and him have like a similar number you know it's like it doesn't feel like completely outlandish for him to play at the level he's currently playing at and to be in contention for number one. So like, I don't think he really needs to do that much. And I think Mm -hmm. it's, it's funny to be like the opposite version of this question. Like what's the path to him, like not being considered for this at all. Yeah. Given that he's playing this level currently. It's, it's really ninth at everything. Like, (laughs) yeah, true. You're you're so on the money. No, go on, go on, Adam. Yeah, I, yeah, I did no. start before you did, but uh, go on. All right, thank you. I apologize. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's more like like if Zane or Cody just like win a bunch, then I think like like Mega could do well. But if the gap itself gets really big, I think it becomes out of like out of the picture. But the thing is, it's like you put it. He has. I think he would need to win like Big House, but I think importantly, he would need Zane and Cody to like and and H Box. He would need their like rate of winning majors to stay like low enough while his kind of well like, i mean i back. think that the weird thing about this is that this presupposes that the balance changes right 
like we don't have like a player that's winning all of them right we have a bunch of players that are winning majors at some probability right mm-hmm. yeah and it's like diffused amongst all of them right it's like okay well mango's won a bunch of these uh cody's won a bunch of these zane's won a bunch of these hungry boxes won a bunch of these David and like not, the way for him done well at every single one of them yeah and like the way for him to not be considered is if he stops winning things and mm-hmm. everyone else continues winning things and that feels like everyone else is playing the same, but it's actually everyone else playing better, right? God, okay, I think I see what you're Like, I think that, that, like, you know, if you assign all of the players a probability to win the tournament, right? How many times do you roll all the remaining tournaments does Mango end up number one? And, like, it's not, like, a ridiculously small number. I don't think, at least. Like, just the way that it's shaken out so far. Like, he definitely had a rocky start to the year. I think that it was, like fair that he got ranked 11th or whatever yeah based on the start of his year yeah of course but it's like you know he's winning majors (laughs) like we all knew this was going to happen um i think there's no better way that this is exemplified that like how quickly this can change than the big house seating which was made before ltc (laughs) and now the outrage as it gets released after ltc uh which is mango as the seventh seed which uh yeah, I will say for for events like these, like you are trying to make stuff that uh, you don't want to see everything that you see every single week, and with multiple top players not here, and uh, with multiple players who are here who have not played throughout the year, like obviously some of this is trying to to secure some matchups. But you have number one seed, the guy who won Riptide the last tournament we had, and uh, got like second at one like a month earlier. Uh, and then you have the number two seed, which is Zane. And it's the guy who didn't win the last one, but won the one right before that. And then you have the third seed, which is Cody. Who's the guy who won the last two things that he went to and just had a couple months off. And then you've got Leffen who won the last thing that he went to and had one more month off than Cody. And then you've got like Plup who got second at the last tournament. And then uh, probably got second at the one before that. Right. Or for him, or I, I guess, I mean, he won't see. Yeah. Um, and you've got Jaymu, who got uh, what did he get? He got third at Riptide and second at Shine. It's and then you've got Mango, who got fifth at his last tournament, uh, and then won the one right before that. So it's like all of these players. If I gave you those results without giving them in the order, it's so impossible to say that one of those has like a definitively better shot at at winning at ending the year number one. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like the the little thing that we've seen is that we've seen seven players who have a very good shot at winning and one who has a 50 to one shot at winning. Uh, and, and what ha- that has led us to is this thing that Ambie's talking about where like, no one is definitively first. You're not trying necessarily. Uh, it's like, you don't have to prove that you're better than like uh, Armada or something. You don't have to like win every single thing. Uh, it's just like outrunning the bear, right? You don't need to be the fastest. You just need to be faster and well, I guess everyone else. So maybe maybe that's the wrong scenario. But like, yeah, I mean, if it doesn't matter if you don't win everything, if you won one more major than Zane, then you might have a better ca- ca- um, case at number one than Zane does. And that's kind of the year that we're at right now. And the the year that like the only year that I remember like that in basically since I got into melee, which is something insane. So yeah, I I think the, the answer to this is. Mango does have a pretty definitive case at number one. Uh, it would require him to, I, th- yeah, I think we're right here. He needs to win the big, the big ones. 
I think H. Bias can get away with not necessarily winning the big ones because his small ones, like he, the rate that he wins those, are really good. Him not winning LTC did hurt that a little bit, but like, yeah, uh, um, like if Zane wins one, I think his case is really solid and in a way that like Mango would, would need to win more. But yeah, there's nothing to make me think that like Mango getting seventh at the big house is just like suddenly means that he can't be number one, which is insane. Like that's just just how it is now, I guess. Yeah, I think it's a, a real paradigm shift from like every other year that's ever been a thing for this game. Yeah, there was like uh, imagine two people competing for number Armada one. gets seventh at an event with two months left in the year. You're like, it's over. He's not number one. <laughs> like, give it to so HBox. <laughs> but like, like Mango gets seventh, and we're like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he could come back from this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, hey, that that it's great to see. That's just like so even the, the words like, Armada seventh place, like just like filled me with such. I was like, this cannot happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, sorry, sorry, sir. Uh, here, I don't want to scare you any further. Let's uh, stop this conversation. We can talk about something that can happen, and we'll, we'll maybe maybe might happen is the better word. Because I want to talk about some some upset potential of uh players at the big house 10 like we said this is an event that not only has some of the like the most stacked top level melee that you're probably going to see but it has just like such amazing depth depth that we really only see at events like genesis and big house where not only is every top 50 player there but there's people who are all vying for top 100 you've got people who are like making cases for being breakout performances and being uh, kind of like showing that they have, should have a spotlight for next year and stuff like that. So we've got a lot of stuff here. And, and I know the brackets for Big House just got fully released today. Um, we, there were some pools that people were able to see. And, and I know that some people like kind of like rejiggered the seating backwards to find out what the pro- projections would be. But did, did anyone here get a chance to look at any of the pools? I don't know if that's something that we, we got a chance to look at just yet. Um. So we have we have a lot of players who are here who I, I think can make really big waves. Um, I guess here I will pick one. Ooh, excuse me. Um, I'll pick think, one right now. Yeah, what's up? Well, so so Sunsei I think has good upset potential. That guy is seated like thirty seven or something, and I'm mm. seated like twenty eight, and we got to play. And I think that's that'll. I mean, like it's fine for me to be seated above him, but he's like definitely just as good as me if not better um but that's that's the only one i i saw saw so you're for telling sure. me you're gonna lose no but i'm <laughs> that's like a 20, 20 like he he's just amazing yeah i which i mean it just goes to show like the, the type of depth that you have in an event like this edwin bonnie what do you what do you think so uh, unfortunately, I looked at top twenty-four before going on the going on the show. I didn't look look at each pool in particular because I didn't know how deep we were gonna go. But I did notice a projected Axe versus Pipsqueak rematch, which I I would uh, I would love to see how that mm-hmm. goes. Uh, yeah, no, there is like the the stuff that can happen at this event. It it just like none plays Pipsqueak, and I know that we we sponsor Pipsqueak. Uh, uh, I understand that. But I legitimately think that that his potential in a lot of these matchups goes really deep. Like maybe he doesn't even have to play Axe because he makes his way to Pipsqueak and then plays Plup, who yeah, I wouldn't say that he was able to win that set last year that they played a special tour, but was a good start and, and something that I would be really excited to see at this venture. 
Um, yeah, I mean, like that level of bracket, you've got so much going there. In that same uh, like level of bracket that we would see Nun versus Pipsqueak, we get Aklo versus Slug, and the winner plays H-Pox. Like that is, if you want some uh, a throwback to the online, the East Coast Friday days. I mean, hey, maybe some of us are still in our East Coast Friday days, and that's that's good. Uh, but that is one for sure. Uh, Zuppy versus Face Roll? Damn. Like, that. that is to make top 64 winners side. This is just... Zuppy also has Hungerbox and winners, which is hilarious. Excellent <laughs> job on the matchups for that one. Talking about East Coast Fridays, right? Like, that. Yeah. that's a classic. <laughs> no, I'm very excited for that set. Yeah, it's it's really hard to find like a, I don't so <laughs> yeah. I feel really weird bringing this one up given the the context of the earlier parts of this show. I'm really excited for um Crudo Amsa. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say that Amsa will be defeated by Crudo given that a, a, another member of this show has just been, you know, publicly crucified for saying that Amsa will lose. I'm not an Amsa doubter. But, <laughs> I'm gonna lose at any point. <laughs> I do think that Crudo is a very fun draw, and I'm very excited to see how that goes. Curve versus Shabo. What do you think, Zamu? Curve versus Shabo. Wow. Um, Shabo will win, hopefully. Um, I, I think that's a fun one. It'll be. I think that'll be a really, um, really close set. Really. Like curve is way curve is like really, really tight with his like technical prowess, I guess. Um, and Shabo is like very clean, um, but not in like a like you watch curve play and it's like, oh, is this guy on box or something? Um, and you don't watch Shabo and think that. But I don't know. He's I'll play with Shabo a lot, hopefully, and then he'll win. <clears throat> I've seen a really like big highs from those two this year like i i know in a not too long ago curve actually won a local over like s2j like playing quite well and shabo obviously we, we've seen what he's capable of in the midwest like winning events over scarzo like kind of caliber player so i'm quite i think that's a great call out you know it's, i think it's gonna be a really fun one uh lucky versus q oh i believe that's how i'm supposed to say it q which is the uh, the Dr. Mario player, the one who defeated Melee Stat Sharp. So we, of course, do hate Q, but a Q? Uh, but I think that that could be a fun one. Dr. Mario, dude, you never know. Uh, I, I remember watching that, uh, that Dr. I'm so tired of saying Q that I'm already trying to figure out different ways to talk about them. I, I remember that Dr. Mario set versus Chape at, uh, I believe it was Invincible, which was super fun. Chape, of course, Melee Chileno expert. Uh, so has played Doc, of course, has played a lot of Doc, but like even then, like the the counterplay that was there, yeah, really, really fun set and uh, lucky best of three pools. Like, hey, I'm not giving yeah, anything could happen there. Uh, yeah. No shade, but but like that is is definitely one where terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> a little. You know what? You know what? Terrifying. I think will be a, a super barn burner, and no one will admit it. Mm-hmm. Is uh, it's projected to happen? It might not happen. But uh, Eggy versus Ralph. Oh, uh, who, who do I, you think Ralph goes against? I have Eggie? no idea. I have <laughs> no idea who he picks. 
Zamu, have you been keeping up with the Ralph uh, character meta? A, a little bit. I've seen some crazy Pikachu stuff. But then I saw, like, he won a tournament over, um, was it uh, Kalamazoo or Dark Atma? I don't know. He, um, he won it over Kalamazoo and Esfat. Yeah, and he played, did he, he play P, did, did he play Pikachu at all versus Keizu? Yeah, he, yeah. he, he I, I, I believe okay. he him with Pikachu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's crazy. Like, I would always been like, oh, he's a fox for that matchup. Um, right, that's what I would think. But yeah, Eggie's beaten I'm, just, I'm imagining, yeah, because this is why I think, because I think Eggie is quite good versus Fox, and I think that Ralph beat Casey with Pikachu. <laughs> so I'm like, this is gonna be the most fucked up thing I've ever seen. I'm so excited. You know, I'm gonna be right behind that setup with my fucking phone. Yeah, the, the Ralph Pikachu storyline is like. It's gonna be. You're the only person behind the setup. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> it's the most cursed storyline because like it, it was really all fun in games when he was just beating like Umarth and Typhoon, right? It's like, haha. The like, oh, it's, it's a Pikachu versus Marth. That's fun. Yeah, and that and that like. I heard when Dark Atma won a tournament over him in NorCal, I was like, the reign of terror is over. Like, oh my god, finally <laughs> someone defeated Ralph in NorCal. Oh my goodness, like, thank heaven. And then I see, like, Ralph posting, like, a clip of his Pikachu, and he's like, I love this character. It's like, oh my god. I, I like, <clears throat> so when I first heard about Ralph's Pikachu, Ralph, uh, a player who has definitely switched characters before Fox Falco, mm-hmm. um, like, we've seen them played a lot of different characters for a while i mean just those two but like willing to to switch uh, i saw the pikachu and i was like oh this is like whatever you know midlife crisis for for a melee player who is just like uh you know this is the bind the maserati type thing you are you are like i've played this game for so long uh i just don't want to i don't want to lose to marth i'm going to pick a different character and like you see uh fruit loop like fruit loop went so many different characters right before he retired it you this is the situation where you know that they're like on their outs so i see the pikachu and i'm like ah yeah it's like it's kind of looking like it's over for ralph we're not really gonna see much more of him he's picking up like uh pikachu and i had just seen the the way that he tweets about pikachu he is in love like he loves yeah. Pikachu. He's just he's like Pikachu's good. I I watched a couple of sets of it because like yeah, I saw him. I saw him win that set or that tournament over Esfat and KZ. And I went back. Yeah, so... I went back to like Genesis and I like watched all the vods that I could find of Ralph's Pikachu. And I was like, surely this has to be like a giant meme. And I was like, no, this is just good. <laughs> like, you just you're just beating people. And I was like, oh my god, this is it's like the most irrationally upsetting development it's like this guy has been <laughs> top 100 for so long and like it's, it's not upset crazy. well okay what's upsetting about this well it's you're just... a marth player so it definitely upsets. <laughs> it's just like... it's, it's, I, i'm used to it happening in the marths okay like whatever i, I but like it's working on s fat it's working on keizu it's like this is a guy that every year used to be like a oh Ralph is going to make top 100. He's going to sneak in like around this spot. And, like, he is, he's like 87th or something every year, and no one really knows how. They're like, did he even go to anything? Yeah, it's, it's like, like oh, I guess they... he beat like, the Sheik play, like Spark or something. Oh, okay, yeah, I can see it. And like, who would have thought that his breakthrough, like his true breakthrough that to like put fear into his opponent's heart, that the, the Pikachu was the secret weapon. It's just like, it... It it bothers me on such a fundamental level, but like I'm I'm so I'm like stupefied at how successful it has been. 
I want to see it at a at a big event, which is why I think something like this is really interesting. <laughs> now that being said, um, he does have to play Slug. <laughs> so... Okay, I hope he does not go Pikachu versus Slug. <laughs> he is just like smiling the entire time. He's like, I love this character, and he's just getting four stocked and her like twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, now I, uh, hey, I I guess this is one of those things where you go. Well, I want to see his Pikachu and losers. Um, but regardless, <laughs> like he's going to this, he's going to to the LCQ for Ludwig's event. Uh, who knows what else? I, I don't really know how many more events are going to be around him, but I'm sure that he will like somehow barely hit uh, eligibility and then end up in the 80s of the top 100, like he always does. And uh, I'm happy to see Pikachu icon, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. the only difference. It's going to be a Pikachu Fox. icon, yeah. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> i think i don't remember like this is i have literally no idea why this is in my brain i could have dreamt it and it would like i believe it if someone told me that it'd be weird that they knew my dreams but like i pikachus were talking about pikachu icy is not being like as awful as it may seem um which is weird because it seems really awful and i hope that ralph goes fox I this happens all the time, right? It does. It's it's like all the peaches who are like, actually, Puff's not that bad. <laughs> well, I don't know. I I just feel like the the Icy's propaganda machine is very powerful. Um, because I think that people people have just like, oh yeah, you know, Icy's. You know, they actually lose this matchup. Like they lose this matchup, even if we could wobble you. You should let us wobble you because <laughs> even if we could wobble you, we would still lose. You don't actually deserve to win because <laughs> we lose this matchup. You know, it's me out playing you. And like they're like down throwing your Pikachu like 150 times. And it's like. But yeah, no, I do think the outcome in which Ralph wins with Pikachu is very funny. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm willing to like eat my words on this one and be like. Okay, I still think the matchup's bad for Pikachu, but will you that's dress awesome. up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Will you dress up in a Pikachu costume? I will not. I'll wear a Pikachu T-shirt. Maybe that's a bit of a cop out. <laughs> okay. Well, what? Wow, damn, he bought the thousand dollar Pikachu T-shirt. I didn't know they <laughs> made <laughs> it's like <laughs> Gucci, the Gucci, Gucci Pokemon Pikachu. line. Yeah. What about like a like a like a track suit? Would you wear? Oh, that? oh yeah, I would wear. I would wear like the tracksuit. It zips up, and like the hoodie has little Pikachu ears on it. Oh, I was not even thinking that. That would be sick. But oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll wear that. That sounds. That sounds good. All right. What if it was a tuxedo? All right, <laughs> but it, I, I think we're getting a little carried away here. I would not wear a Pikachu tuxedo. Yeah. So how about Fat Goku J Salt? That's actually not how about very Fat interesting Goku at all. But Polish. That one's way more interesting. That is insane. This is putting him to the test. Uh, Fat Goku, traditionally known as Insane in the Peach matchup by beating Aura 73 times in a row. <laughs> uh, he is someone who was so good at the Peach matchup that I remember me and Edwin and Ambi were like, wow, he took a game off of Triff, which is more insane about Triff. But like, are we going to be in a situation like that again where we have kind of a, a up and coming, not even up and coming, but we just have a, a like a, a Peach player who is lodged themselves in the top 20 or so um both triff and polish i think have very good uh chances versus fox players they've done very well and uh like are we gonna see another set like this where it's like supposed to be this big thing for uh fat goku to do it and then it's just like well it looked really good in that one game he won or is this gonna be uh upset potential or zamu as someone who has beaten triffs 
uh, Peach? I know you're the honorary European here. What what do you think about this matchup? Um, so I think I think you kind of I think that it is there's upset potential, but what I feel like, and maybe this is just because it has happened to me so many times, <laughs> is that I'll be like, Fat Goku really looked good that one game, but he lost three one. Um, I've been side note, I've been seated and have. Like Genesis lost to Polish and losers. Riptide lost to Polish and losers. I'm projected to lose to Polish and losers at the big house. Also, I'm projected to play Ralph, which would be cool. Hey, maybe you'll just lose to lose to Ralph. Who knows? Yeah, very possible. <laughs> I think Fat Goku like is definitely good enough to win the set and has a higher chance to win the set than most other like players mm-hmm. around that seed, probably. Mm-hmm. Um even even probably other fox players but in like just um but polish is i think polish they're just like better at melee than like very build different yeah yeah, yeah. They, they just they just see it so differently and fat goku can definitely win because he's he's good at the matchup and will be able to like do enough matchup stuff to potentially win but then polish might do enough polish stuff to just not lose true polish is um actively playing against themselves the past few months i will say yeah Uh, i'm sure the fox is going to be very cool when it eventually comes out but uh i when it drops like a like a merch line (laughs) yeah when the fox drops i'm gonna be there first in line to get a shine spike. <laughs> um, no, I, I think the, like, they're such a great player. Their, their baseline is so good. And uh, I don't, I'm not even going to say that they have a bad mentality, but like having spoken to them um, at a lot of events, it's like very clear when their heart is in it and when it's not. And, and when it's not, it's a hard thing for them to get out of like that funk. Um, and Hey, it's great for melee stats. Grab has a Polish win. <laughs> Wait, I'm I'm supposed to say we're a sponsor, so regardless, he uh, you know, he would he would beat Polish, <laughs> but but like it it is more clear at certain times. Um, I I want to say that with them entering this, with them entering Bloodwig's event, with them entering a lot of events, that like we might not necessarily see that, but um, just having spoken to them, it's it's like something that is in the back of my head. It's like, well, if they're not completely in it mentally if they're not like able to push themselves to having like a, a cogent view of the game while playing it fat goku's a scary player in that matchup like that is not the person who you want to have if uh you are not able to 100 percent get in that headspace Edwin, what do you what do you think yeah i i want to know i i don't know what so it's like which polish are we going to see right like the polish we see in practice is this is this is a person that can beat a top 10 player Right, like Polish is like like even in in both like within the results, the eye test, like this is one of the best Peach players around. A really exciting player to watch. Someone who you know, I was I was happy obviously for our sponsored player grab, but like when when I saw that you you know he had to take on Polish, part of me was a little sad because Polish is a player very near and dear to our hearts. Definitely exists in the melee stats universe. Polish is a patron as well, so. I, I guess I, I I guess I, I would want to know like sort of like how prepared is Polish in this event like early on are we going to be able to tell if, if their heart is fully in it and it and everything I do think 
very highly of them. I think this is someone who, you know, we we saw them beat Ansa this year. We saw them take Leffen to like the very brink of a of an early winners bracket defeat. I will never like I'll never discount Polish, and I don't think like I, I think Polish has earned their spot in in sort of melee very clearly. But but I also uh. I don't know. I I, I think like it, it's just so difficult to kind of guess where where their head is at with mm-hmm. regard to like, preparing for an event. You know how much peach they've been playing. You know how confident they do they feel in each matchup. Um, I I have to think that Polish is slightly favored. But oh man, I I, I feel like I'm just kind of like rambling. These are two players I really like. <laughs> I'm really I'm kind of sad to see them play against each other early. <laughs> but but also it'll be a really exciting set. <laughs> I yeah, know. I think it's gonna be fun. Here, how about this? Um, let me let me give you two more matches before top sixty four that I think are going to be bangers. Uh, the first one is really only a banger because if it if the upset happens, one it'll be huge for a lot of different reasons. But the biggest funniest reason is that Samus players will uh, have a lot to say about how smart they are, which is uh, duck versus samus and the winner or duck versus samus duck versus morse code and the winner plays jmook oh my yeah, god do you have, yeah do you have oh jmook winning or, or like jmook uh losing 2-1 to duck's cheek is so funny to me because i literally think that all the samus players will come out of the woodwork and they're like yeah see see what happens if we like actually decide to play a character that did not take all of our uh, 200 iq brain to play it like well, what about the game? flip side what about the flip side where duck loses to morse code <laughs> yeah. and and then all the samuses are like duck you gotta come back to samus man <laughs> your 200 iq is no. wasted on this high tier yeah no he says as he like plays ibw again for the 50th time in a row <laughs> um I want yeah. duck to... so i i want duck to always do well but i think a very funny outcome would be him like going up a game on jmook uh, or like tying it and like losing in an infuriating way because like a shy guy got in the way of a combo or something. But dude, another shy guy. I think I would quit. I think <laughs> I would quit, or I would develop a uh, a rule set that does not have shy guys. <laughs> Duck. I love I-, I love Duck. I think he's a very inspiring player. I have a lot of respect for his approach to the game and everything. I do think among the top players, like like the like the notable people over the last like eight years of melee or whatever. I think Duck by far is the funniest one when he's angry, like in, ter- in terms of just like post set stuff. I think I've I've heard, seen him definitely. I've heard legends about Duck after losses that are just like too funny. So the idea of Duck like being upset about losing to Jmook or like someone incredible like kind of just the, it tickles me. I feel like when you play when you change your mains, like not in the interest of going up on the uh, top one hundred that like these losses won't really infuriate you as much but i don't know we'll see i do want to mention and so yeah, you, I want to hear... you would think that okay oh yeah you, you would think that yeah no i'll i stand with you duck is actually going to be a ranger <laughs> uh no we'll we'll see i think ducks well i his matches regardless of whether or not he has the funniest uh post set rage i think it'll be interesting because he is a player who i think is underrated as it stands right now he's got um Got a Calvar win. Got a Calvar win. He beat. I think he beat Faust there as well. He only really went to Gommel, 
but yeah, he beat Faust. He beat uh, Kalvar. He might have been like younger there. Kind of a, a resume that like you would expect to see of someone, um, of like a New England player who's going to be in like the seventies or something, right? If you told me that was like Doctor Lobsters, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds right. Um, so like maybe not the highest praise to say that like a once, pers- uh, like a player who was once uh, knocking on the door of top ten is like. <laughs> at the level of Dr. Lobster, but I, I think uh, he's not gone. He's not like, uh, he shouldn't be underestimated, and, and like, Jay Mook maybe is going to be a little difficult, but I want to see what that loser's bracket looks like. Zom, have you played Duck, like his Marth or his uh, Sheik at any, at any point? Um, not very much, and not very recently, but he it, his Sheik um, has such good recoveries. He, mm-hmm. like, I feel like... Big brain yeah yeah basically because it's just it's just like a relatively solvable thing um and it's crazy because every other sheik other than like jmook and duck and probably plup i've never played a sheik kind of are really easy to edge guard um Mm. and then his his marth is like has kind of a feel of like if this guy played the and I, i think i played his marth a little bit at smash camp um um it feels like if this guy played melee like eight hours every day it'd be terrifying um but he doesn't and so instead it's like it's it's clear that this player is so smart and like the samus brain really shows yeah (laughs) thankful for everyone else in melee that he has a job a wife (laughs) and a uh hobbies that aren't melee like is that what you're telling me you like you can tell it's like damn this guy really <clears throat> well this guy really loves cooking and loves yeah. hanging with his wife kind of owning he's, really. he's probably crazy at cooking like <laughs> i would i could not imagine him like being bad at something um it would be great for melee if he like got a divorce started eating mcdonald's every day you know like yeah, yeah this goes back to mental health theory and from yeah. earlier in that Sleeps episode, five yeah. hours a day mental health day. is so good or sleep till noon. <laughs> like, pick your poison. Uh, yeah, no, that's. I think that we are not going to get a duck that that enters enough to be like a top twenty player again. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the focus isn't there. But he's someone who I don't think uh, he shouldn't be underrated. He's yes. able to make a little bit of a bracket run at any point, so that should be fun. Uh, and another person who I want to bring up, we have not even gotten to top sixty four yet, and probably we are going to just kind of jump right to players who we think could end up winning uh maybe point out one or two really quick sets in later in bracket top 64 top 24 that are gonna be cool um because we spent so much time on matches that aren't even in top 64 yet we spent a lot of time on panda cup and all that type of stuff which i have had a blast doing uh but we're getting up there in time but before we we move on to that the last match that i think that it, i have my eye on and everyone else should have their eyes on before top 64 is sfat Versus a uh, player from uh, Pith, Pith Australia, which is uh, Spud. This is Spud's first tournament that we've seen him at. Uh, oh, this would be great if I looked it up beforehand, but I did not. But I, I believe this is probably Genesis um, before COVID hit. So that's uh, Genesis Seven. I think it's probably the last time we saw him. Uh, I definitely remember. Did he lose to Dream or have? Were they like being? a real like like two uh, one last rock. yeah i was watching that i was like D- you're not gonna lose to dream are you um 
but we are seeing him. We are seeing him back in America, back uh, in America, not just for the big house, but for the off season for a big event. Um, presumably for more stuff down the line. Like, I don't know. This might be a year where uh, going into it, it would seem like. Oh. Oh no. Spud who ends up top 50 in the world uh, what, do, what do we think about uh, Spud right now yeah dude I think Spud is so great um, I really hope that if he loses to SFAT that he doesn't lose to Ringler because <laughs> that's his projected path and that's a little scary for a fourth <laughs> player <laughs> I'm like dude he has SFAT he could totally win that and then like, I just see the I was like, oh god, the two wolves. Dude, you could give Spud. I think Spud is like one of the only players in the world who would rather see like Moki in his bracket path than like PhD's nuts or just like a random sheet player, or, like a Pikachu player or whatever. Like Spud, that guy has the wildest like potential, uh, you know, bracket chances depending on like the most random people you give him. Like you give me Spud versus Prometheus, and it's like, oh my god, I don't know if he can do it. But you give me Spud versus like a top fifty Spacey, and I'm like, yeah, he's got he's got this. Yeah, give Spud some peaches and foxes, and he'll he'll probably do it. Yeah, I I think that like we used to talk about this that like Spud is the the player who I think that if you wanted to rig brackets you can rig him to be a top 50 in the world or you can rig him to be like 95th on the top 100 yeah. it's just like damn Ford money is in my bracket <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's like oh dude I know you got no fluxes that's gonna be a difficult one or or it's like uh you get Moki into Casey or something like uh, it, it's he's gonna be one to watch out for for sure like regardless if he does well uh, I mean, he is going to be someone who uh, is like going to be interesting regardless. I, I think that's really cool to see. Uh, is there anything that you guys want to point out in top 24 or maybe top 64? I, I have one more match before top 64 to point out. Two players, yeah. two prefixes, one sponsor. Melee stats, Pipsqueak versus MS Grab. <laughs> God, don't get me started on uh, this is like the third major in a row. I guess not L. Uh, grab had to play abe at uh shine and was rejected to play sharp at riptide before sharp ended up losing to q uh so grab here this is your sponsorship for melee stats is that you have to play all of our other players it's in the contract <laughs> i hope you read it Do, does uh, yeah, that, go falcon there does that, grab yeah, do okay yeah. Who, Who? you're allowed to hate one of them now <laughs> I love all of my children equally. Yeah, I wonder. I really do wonder. Because I can't really make heads or tails of Pipsqueak's Falcon versus Marth. Um, like, I see it, and it looks so fucked up. Um, and it's funny, because I had that same feeling about, like, watching Dark Heroes Marth. You watch Dark Heroes Marth, and you're like, this should not be allowed. And it's insanely funny that they played. I'm like, okay, well, this is like a psyop. Because both of them don't want their controllers to be banned because of their heinous exploits of a particular character. But then they played each other, and I was like, okay, well, I guess it's all nets out to net neutral. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. He has been struggling a little bit. Um, because the the two notable sets that he's played in America with the Falcon have been um Logan and Dark Hero, which are both losses for him. So I wonder, you know, because uh, in my head it's like, oh, this is so broken. He's gonna beat all the Falcons, or he's gonna beat all the Marts with it. But I'm not sure. He also played Kadoran at the local, um, um, the post LTC local. I don't know how close it was. I know he lost as well. But he, I think, he once he gets more experience or whatever, it'll it'll be good. Seems like he has the. He has like a plan. His Falcon has a plan for sure. Um, but his his Fox has hours. Yeah, that's a good and tournament point. hours. Especially. Yeah, I, I think I think that last part you mentioned with tournament hours is the is the like especially like I, I think his game like he knows the matchup very well. Like he he knows his situations. Uh like I like I've I've seen him play against like very good marts on stream, like in tournament and outside of tournament. I think his like approach is fine. It's just like a it's like a couple things here and there. I think that maybe he just like doesn't have like experience dealing with in tournament that he's like slowly getting. But I, I like I definitely believe in the Falcon. I think Grab in particular is a is an interesting matchup for uh for Pipsqueak, not just because he's like a sponsored player, but also because I think that um I think that this is also a matchup he's been working on quite a bit. Like he he does all these different like he does all these different write-ups from events that he goes to now that have been kind of fun to read. And one thing that he mentioned from an event he went to, I think it was We Need Some Spaces, that he wanted to work on Edge Guarding Falcon in particular, that he was going to try to lab that after playing Salt. And a very, like, wild back-and-forth set where they just both took turns, like, destroying each other. So I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty curious to see how, how that, a set between those two would go because I think it's – it's two people that have like worked very hard on this matchup and like kind of know it pretty well, even if they don't necessarily have like the super top level results to show it. So I'm I'm pretty uh I'm pretty excited for something like that. Yeah, I, I think like there's so many like interesting matchups and like if, if we were to go into like pool like each pool individually and really try to like find something, like we could find like two or three things right like we like we could talk forever about matchups that are going on in pools but you know like for the for the interest of time like i i definitely think that like some i i definitely think that we should probably get to the big picture here which is talking about like people with chances to win the event i talked about like you know we talked about like seven or eight people or so so i i guess Zamu, in, in your opinion kind of heading into this this tournament based on what you've seen in the year like the last month or so like who do you think is going to take it? So on this, Mango tweeted that he was sick. Like, is that is this a thing? I don't, I don't know, but you hate to hear something like that because before that, maybe I'd be like Mango. Um, I don't know. I still I still feel like in my soul that Zane is still ahead of the pack, but he's not. He's like clearly not. But in my soul, he's still kind of. He is. does but he feel like losing. it, yeah. He keeps losing, and I'm like, this isn't Zane doesn't lose. So he kept I, losing I, I like Zane win. He kept losing like the matches we thought he was safe in too, which is the funny part. I was like, oh, he's not gonna lose to this person, lose to that person. It's like, well, he he beats Fox a lot. Like IBW destroys him in Australia. It just like kept happening over and over again. Yeah, it's very odd. I think okay, so. 
I don't know if I have any good like like legitimate takes on who I think is going to win re realistically. I think that of the seven, I think it's like seven people can win plus 0.02 AMSA. So it's like it's like 7.02 people can win the tournament. And um, I want to see I want to see a, like a, a Battle of BC Leppin performance again. Um, like you're speaking to the right guy. I, I think it was that tournament. I definitely like he Leffen could just there is no real evidence that I've seen. Admittedly, I don't look, but that Leffen isn't the best player in the world. So I have this opinion as well. I think I see Leffen play and I'm like, Leffen is favored against everyone in the world. Yeah. Uh, I'm just fill up my cup with all of this, and I'll just like oh, slurp it all down. three events this yeah. year. He's got to no, do it again at least one more time. He's favorite versus everyone. Yeah, it's but if he does it one more time, rust. Then right? like, the, his, his, his only enemy is himself, right? But but admittedly, admittedly, Andy has been his enemy again, for like six years. <laughs> I think I think Leffen is the best player in the world right now. That's I think his bracket might not be great, truthfully. Um, Probably not. Well, like. Plup, um, I don't know. Have they played? I don't know how him or Plup would go. They have not played in forever. Yeah. Plup, Plup, and sets are always weird because Plup is, um, like we we talk about Plup in terms of uh, like I'm not even sure if he's like uh that much of a chic chic. You know, I hey on my commentary at LTC, I said that it really just feels like Plup is a Plup main in the way that he um he uh did. Sorry. I have the worst computer in the world. Can, can you guys still hear me? Yeah. Okay. Sorry to break the fourth wall. Um. But yeah, he he is just like the way that he plays these uh, matches, especially like Fox Sheik, does not really seem confined to the match of the way that like uh like I don't know like Face Roll or Spark or any other player at that level. Um, when you watch J Mook play, I think he's very good versus Fox, but it also just feels like he is like the best Sheik versus Fox. Like playing specifically like the best Sheik in the world. Um, when I see Plup play that, it doesn't really feel that way. It just feels like he is doing his game plan in a way that happens to use Sheik to do it. I and think I we think see that his we... Fox. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that's a good. I yeah, because like Leff and I would say would be really good versus Sheik, but they have played a lot of Sheik Fox sets, and a lot of them have gone pretty back and forth. I think it's going to be a banger, however it goes. And um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Uh, plus one to this idea of Leffen with the Sheik now, especially uh, being positive. Uh, I mean, yeah, being positive, uh, having a really good shot against Zane. That's great. Having a really good shot against Hbox. I wouldn't count out him versus IBW. I wouldn't count out him versus Plup. I wouldn't count out him versus Mango. Yeah, and, and like the way that he played versus Amsa. I know that he, I know that he's lost to Amsa, but pretty damn good as well. Like he is the guy who I think that. If you are just looking at on paper matchups, he is the guy to pick. Um, now the scary part is he was just in France this past weekend, and the weekend before that, he was just in Florida. And uh he you can tell you can tell a lot about a man from the tweets that he makes about guilty gear. <laughs> so I will say we have seen a lot of success from Leffen in events where he does do other stuff. That's not to say that him being a guilty gear means that he's going to suck in melee he won evo while getting like top 48 at uh dragon ball fighters 
he got like two really good wins at SmashCon and Ultimate. I think he beat like Wadi and Salem, both top 50 players. Uh, and then he went on to 6 0 Hbox in like the most disgusting way possible. Like the fact that he is going to other stuff doesn't really necessarily make me feel scared. Um, but like back to back to back to back to back, because uh, he's doing, he already did two. He's doing this one. He's doing DreamHack. He is doing Ludwig's event. Five events in five weeks is not only scary uh, from a COVID perspective and from a competitor perspective, he is doing Sweden to Florida to Sweden to France and then probably back to Sweden to uh, Michigan, then back to Sweden, then to Netherlands, then presumably back to Sweden and to Vegas. And yeah, I would say that, that that's a little scary in terms of having the juice for that long. Um, especially considering we have not seen him for so long. So I think on paper, he's definitely the pick here. Um, are we doing actual, did, did any of us say our actual picks yet? Or is this just kind of like priming the pump? I don't have a, uh, no, we, we, I, I, so Zamu, you're going with Leffen officially or no? Get back to me. Okay. Yeah. Edwin budding 50 to one shot that Amsa wins. Do you do the cool thing right now? No, it'd be real baller if you say fifty to one your article, and you go, "Yeah, I think I'm just got it." No, in fact, I need a look. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reveal something. I've been the prime, one of the prime. You know, if if you, I guess, if you talk to certain people, wheat as well. I've doubted HBox all year. I've been owned by HBox. I said he wouldn't win Gommel. He won Gommel. The last year, I've been saying he HBox. Even on the last episode, I said I don't think HBox will be number one. I. I said, like, maybe it's possible, but I don't think it's likely. I think it takes too much. This week, heading up to Big House, I've had a fear in the back of my heart. It's like, it's kept me up awake at night. And I just can't, I can't get over it. I've looked at his chances against each of the people in the field. I've seen, like, sort of, like, what are his chances against Mango and all this stuff. And all the numbers. Like, I'm normally a numbers guy, right? Like, I, I don't think it looks particularly, like, amazing for him. But it's just, like, it's just hitting me. I, I can't describe it. And I need wheat. I need you to me. I need you to like talk me out of this. My brain is telling me that HBox is not like that. It's, mm -hmm. it's going to be very difficult for him to win this tournament. It's telling I mean, me that, like, yeah, yeah. But in my heart, my heart is like he's going to win. There's like a fifty percent chance that he's going to win, and my brain is telling me like you're crazy. It's not going to be fifty percent chance. He I don't know how to reconcile this. I'm not usually one to. I'm I'm usually one to usually ignore my heart on stuff like this. Edwin, Edwin, you asked for me to calm you down on this, so let me let yeah. me tell you this. We just saw him at an event that has people who almost he's exclusively positive on. Yes, um, he was was positive on this uh, on a mango before this weekend. He was I think two and two with Plup going into to the last weekend. He, um, of course, Oms is not really particularly a threat. Wizzy has not played in years. He uh he goes to an event where he is favored to win. He's the number one seed, and he didn't end up winning. So now not only do you have that, but you throw in Zay uh, you throw in Zane, you throw in Cody, you throw in Leffitt, you throw in all of these people who he's a lot better against, or who, who are so much better than him than the nice. people who just knocked him out of the tournament last week. So it is with complete confidence that I say he's gonna win. He's gonna kidding me, he's gonna win this thing. Easy. I've never seen. I've never. He's gonna do it. He's gonna beat Plup. He's gonna beat Jmook. 
and then uh like zane's gonna hobble up from losers finals and he's gonna get like three one and uh we're gonna have to crown the new king does, does that make you feel better <laughs> everything up to, until that point yeah. <laughs> uh the the thing is like if, if i had to make a pick I said Zane had had the likeliest chances by the by the numbers. I I think that's true, but my but I I don't feel it. I don't feel strongly enough for it. I I think it'll be really. I I would be very impressed if Le, if Leffen or IBW won after after a long time away, especially after like each of them had already won an event. I do think that would be like very impressive to be able to just like come back after having already won and to to keep that same like fire there and drive there, right? But I don't think it'll be either of those two. Is this is this a JMU victory time? Did everybody no. JMU to win? <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> no, why not? Tell me JMU. I think that he's got so it's certainly not H box because he's gonna lose in winners semis. Um but JMook, I think Okay, maybe he he he. If he beats IBDW, then he plays Zane, right? And he has a really good matchup mm-hmm. for Zane. Um, and then he has like either H Box, which is is doable, or Plupper Leffen. Um, sorry, Amsa. And <laughs> I feel I I just I don't I think this is a very likely JMook second or third. I think we're gonna get another classic JMook run, but. It seems hard to if he if he loses like if he beats IBDW and stays in winners there, um, then it's like okay he still has a really hard path, um, and if he loses then he has to play Mango and I feel like I don't actually know how their sets have gone but um, at at um, that one tournament recently, Mango won with Fox right, um, it just seems really hard I feel like it's it. it when I look at this, it makes sense to me that JMook is like just like so consistent. Second, so I should third. let you know that JMook is up two one in the year on sets with with, uh, with Mango. He won. Yeah, I know. I do. I do know he's up, but I feel the like only one that I think he lost was the uh, was the Summit, reverse three out Summit. Oh yeah, okay. He won the set that I'm thinking of, but it'll be hard because then. So in that case, he has to play Mango, but he's in losers already. And if you're in losers at that point, then it's hard to win the tournament for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's he's not going to win the tournament from winners either. Mm-hmm. If you are building a bracket for JMook to win, it probably does not include IBW. I just think that that is uh, like someone who, of course, he beat. Of course, he like 3 0'd him at Genesis. Um, but it's just IBW is so good. And the run back, Cody seemed really comfortable. Um, so it probably doesn't include it. But if you're. Like making a bracket that is like the worst possible thing for JMook probably also doesn't include Cody. Like Cody kind of is in that middle where I think he's tough. I think Plup is tough. I think Leffen's probably pretty tough. Um, but it's it's not like a foregone conclusion either way. And and you know, if you're talking about people who have not attended tournaments in months and this is their return, I might have some confidence in JMook, who has been incredible at attending stuff. Mm -hmm. Um Yeah, I mean we, we keep talking. Like, what's the... these coin flips against them? Like that's still pretty good, right? Like 
Like, like if you told me, who do you think wins J-Mook Leffen? Like, I don't think you could really say with confidence that Leffen is favored. I don't think you could really say that J-Mook will, like, because he beat him once, he'll always beat him. But I think, like, relative to some of the other people, like, I think that's, like, a like having a coin toss chance against, like, Cody, Plup, like, Leffen, all things considered, that's, like, pretty good. I think the only person that, like, straight up will, like, is, like, very dangerous for him is H-Box. And, like, sometimes if, if you just have, like, a decent chance against everyone else, and, you know, like, I, I would still take him over Zane in a head-to-head. Or, like, I think it's reasonable to view him as a favorite in that. But I think, like, those are – that's pretty good. It's not, like, dominating. But I think, like, you can construct a path for him to win. Even if it's not really favorable, all he might need to do is just avoid H-Box. Edwin, I feel like you're buying time here. You have not made your pick about who's going to win. I think I think I'm going to go. I think my heart's telling me Jaymook, so I'm going to go with Jaymook. I think this is his first victory ever. I think the Sheik mains so. are going to finally have a super major to be happy about. I think we can all celebrate. I, you know what? I talked about it on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but I, I did say that I think that when Jaymook gets his major, because it's going to be eventually, it's not if, it's when. I, I do think that Jim Mook is going to have to go through people who we view as tough. That's just how it is. And and I'm like, he's not going to win a Mickey Mouse major where he only has to play like <laughs> well, you know, whoever, whoever he's favored against to get there. I think he's going to have to go through some tough battles. And when it eventually works out for him, I, he's going to win it. So I think that's a great pick. Um, Zamu, are you ready yet? Or should we go to Ambi? I'm, I am ready to lock in my leffen pick but you really i don't you really scared me off with the five weeks of travel but but <laughs> i it might be it might be like a a leffen sweep this year kind of it's mm. it's possible um i i feel like he can be um can just beat everyone my real pick is it feels like we are in a new armada era only armada is seven people and he's like the conglomerate of them. Like, I don't really see people that are not like these. Maybe, maybe, maybe we could even make it less than seven, but like the like the top seven seeds at this tournament are like the only people that I would think like they they like it's so many people, which is crazy. The seven gods. But I, they're uh, yes, all I... <laughs> just like go they're they're all like could just win, and they all are like very similar. It's like god era minus our, there is no armada and it's weird but it's so it could be that it's so beautiful to me that like we we do have we've mentioned it we there we, we have like a nomenclature for a term that refers to multiple people who all win uh take turns winning and do not lose to people below them and i love that instead of being like it's the seven gods you're like no this is one armada. One armada. It, dude, like there the were five gods was, was such a meme, dude, because it wasn't five gods. It was two gods that rotated among a cast of five. Like this is we're in the true era of n gods, where like it actually is true that any of the group can actually win, and it's not yeah. just like and no one else. Yeah, and well, fifty to one. True. The well, what do you think? Two gods. Ambi, what do you think? The 7.02 gods tier. Who, who I so I'm gonna pick- give a cop out answer. Um, I think oh, the winner of Plup versus Leffen will win the tournament. Mm. Me too. 
Um, cause that is the only one that's preventing me from picking either of the two. Cause I think the path hungry box into Zane into likely Zane again is really favorable for either of them. Um, mm-hmm. it's funny cause I think the loser's path for the loser of that seems really hard <laughs> cause the loser of that has to play Amsa into Cody into the other one. Yeah. Into Zane into hungry box probably. Um, but the winner gets that like really nice Hungerbox Zane Zane path. So I think the winner of that set wins. Um, if you if you put like a gun to my head and told me I have to pick one of them and then that one will win, I'd probably pick Leffen. I think he has a slightly lower chance of winning that set, but a slightly higher chance of converting the new the two sets after that, or three sets after that. Sorry. So probably Leffen, but I think my, my real answer, maybe a little bit of callback because it's two people. I think the winner of Club Leffen wins the tournament. Let's split. Yeah, yeah. that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, you guys One can... of us will be right. <laughs> um, So I... I should have went earlier if I wanted my pick. Uh, because <laughs> the, the thing that I'm thinking of is that if you have four people on this show... And uh, 75% of them kind of say the same thing. It's not really indicative of how open this tournament is, right? Because we talk about how 7.02 people can win this tournament. And I truly believe it when I say that. Um, Hobby W has a like a really good shot here, right? He he won the last few sets against Zane. He um, is definitely positive versus HBox. He has shown uh, that he is able to beat Plups Fox in the Ditto. I, I mean, I'm not sure if I would give him that every single time they play but enough uh where i'd feel pretty confident that if they were to play in, in tournament that i'd give it to cody and while we haven't seen him versus leffen yeah maybe there's a chance that leffen doesn't even make it here right and yet i am so drawn to this exact match that you were saying the four versus the five seed because we are seeing two players who i think have always kind of been this uh this like type of player where i'm like when they are on top they are on top of the world like that is the player yes. who i want to see um hbox is great armada is great right Th- these players are great for a reason but when they won they like looked like they're the best player at the event when levin wins a tournament he looks like he is the best player in the world and the best player who will ever pick up a game controller at all and when plup does he tends to do the same thing but it looks like he can pick whatever character he wants um despite the fact that leffen actually they now play the same characters which is very funny um so i do struggle to pick anything other than these two players and going through this episode i had my answer locked in already and the more i thought about it i thought can plup do this plup is someone who has not won a major this year ceo notwithstanding but has gotten so close second 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 and, and is this the time where he actually does it um uh no, he's going to get second here. And he's going to get second to the eventual winner, which is Leffen. Because the last time that I came on here and I decided to be a little cheeky and not pick the person who I thought was going to win was Battle of BC. And I didn't pick Leffen because I thought that picking Leffen for every event was boring. And I was like, well, they wouldn't really do this on like a sports show, right? But no, I've gone on this show every week, well, bi-weekly, and talked about how Leffen is the best player in the world. He is number one if he attended more. And it's a bit of a joke. It's a bit of a meme, but it's also based on the fact that if you look at the players in the world right now, I think that there's not a player who he definitively loses to. And when you have something like that, I have to give him credit for that. So I am going to pick Leffen. Uh, I could not live with myself if we had another 
bracket where he wins and I don't choose him because what's the point of me going on the show and making a fool of myself and acting like I'm his biggest fan if I don't say it when it matters. So Leffen first, Plup second. Um, I, I I mean, I think those are two of the best players in the world that's probably going to end up with. Why insane? That's wild. <laughs> it is crazy. The tide has turned, my man. Uh, I mean, having the, the Sheik thing is, might be overstated in a way, but having Leffen, having Plup, having J. Mook all that's in this lot. bracket, that's a little scary. So I, I mean... I think that any of those players can win it. I think Mango could go on a tear and win it. He probably couldn't be winning it from losers because of Zane. Um, but I, I got to go with Leffen here. If I don't pick Leffen and he wins, I'm canceling the podcast. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> so I'm going to say Leffen. Uh, even if he loses, I have to make myself happy. So Leffen is going to be the winner of this. Now, 75 well 50 i guess because you guys are splitting it 50 percent of the people saying left and one saying plop one saying zane um i think no, I'm not saying, you... i said jmook oh you said jmook oh god i forgot uh no one's saying zane yeah this is this is crazy and this is just like the type of mail that we are seeing uh you know how they say like the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago and the best time the second best time to do it is right now i feel that way about melee Best time to watch Melee was 20 years ago, and the best second best time to do it is right now because this is the most interesting Melee that I have seen in my lifetime. Um, I don't know. Maybe some MLG or a weirdo will say like 2006 was actually the best. But like, there's no way to look at 2022 and feel anything other than just like happiness when you look at this top level because we have no idea what's going on. And nothing exemplifies that more than this bracket at the Big House 8. It's going to be insane. Um, we are we are running to the end of the show we, we're obviously running a little over because we're melee stats waiting for game um but of course we have a lot to talk about when it comes to the big house so let's move on we've got a few more things we want to do before we leave zamu we have some questions for you from our patreon uh we have yeah honestly so we we would do this thing we would have questions from our patreon each week and uh, each week i would say wow these questions really suck they they did a bad job this week and every time I said that, they would make good questions the next week, and then I would compliment them, and the next week they would make bad questions again. So a vicious cycle was created, and uh, I actually did not talk about how the questions were bad last episode, and somehow we got great questions. We got great questions without having to spur them on. People, honestly, we cut good questions, which is something that we don't often have to do. Um, so I am going to start with questions right here. Uh, and the first one that we have is from Question Superstar SSB Seal, winner of the Chicago Arcadian. So he says, Zamu, as someone who has been to an exorbitantly high number of them, what are your favorite Midwest regional series? Um, so House of Pain for sure, and Show Me Your Moves, which is basically bigger House of Pain. Um, very biased because that's like my hometown. Yeah, so but- you've activated his trap card. He does this a lot. This is you're not the only one. He will ask questions and then he will say, and they can't say this. So yeah. unfortunately the trap card was show me your moves and the house of pain. <laughs> well, my trap card is end of the pain, a secret house of pain, like tournament that has happened in the past, which is also just house of pain. Um, but other than that, I really enjoyed hold that L incredible. Of course. Um, bought me in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, I, th- I think is where that is. Um, maybe it's not. Maybe it's Purdue or something. But Botmies have always been pretty solid. 
Um, yeah, I think like hold that L, bop me, and then of course the champagne events mm -hmm. um, are what come to mind. Wonderful answers. I, I will say, Seal read you like a book. He, he said that you're going to say all four of those. Yeah, I mean, I can't even really think of any others, admittedly. Here, maybe, uh, Ambie, I think you've got the next question. Maybe maybe you'll have more unique answer to this. <laughs> Still great answer, by the way. Do I have the next, uh, can we deliver the next question is what you mean? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Right. You have the one from uh, our, own, our own special friend, Grab. Yeah, okay. So Grav asks, are you going to switch to Sheik for Marth, or are you committed to remaining not a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I am not committed. I am I am more so committed to being a bitch. But <laughs> okay. I interesting. I, I don't want to I don't think Sheik I, I think Fox Marth's fun and Sheik Marth isn't very fun, and Fox does fine enough. May I cannot tell you what what will happen in the coming decades, but Fox for now. More likely, more likely you'll see me play Falco versus Marth than um, Sheik. Wow. That's interesting. I love the implication that you're going to be playing for several decades. Absolutely, of course. Uh, and then Edwin, I think you've uh, you've got one. You've got another one, right? Yeah, I, I got a fun one. Uh, this is from Mosh Jarkus. Um, where would you put this year's super majors on a political compass? <laughs> I haven't been to many of them. What are we? Do we have like a list that I can reference? So I'm here, let let me list out a couple off the top of my head, and and we can go from there. So Genesis. Pound, um, Double Down is definitely one. Gommel, uh, what else we got? We've of course got like Shine, SmashCon, Riptide, Big House. I guess if you want to add stuff that hasn't happened yet, like Main Stage and then Special Tour, Panda Cup, okay, uh, Ludwig's event. Like, sure, there's some some others in there that I missed. So those are the big ones. So I think that on we we gotta put the like VGBC tournaments. <laughs> um of pound and double down which i was not at either and this is i have no good reason for this like um bottom right uh <laughs> that's what i was gonna say um which is yeah 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 um actually maybe we split them maybe i don't know like lord gimmer could be a little authoritarian for, for perhaps so Maybe we split them. I don't know how. I wasn't there. Um, I think Riptide. Riptide has got to be like kind of maybe, 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 maybe like. Okay, I got to think of a different tournament first. Genesis. Ooh, how do I? Where where would I place Genesis? I think Genesis is kind of overrated. Um, maybe like. Top left, top left. I don't know. Genesis is sick. All I had was the all I had I was the VGBC idea. That, That's all we um, needed. Yeah, the rest. This is this is made for Edwin to be like revel in it. I swear. The rest are good. 
Okay. Just well, kidding. how the about the events are probably also fine. Oh, Smash Bros. Tour BGC's and, the... and Cap F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the circuits um gotta be right wing authoritarian. Um, because <laughs> yeah, they're circuits. Um, order. They're big on order, right? Yeah, and then the Ludwig LCQ can be like, um, I guess, um authoritarian left probably because it's it's an invitational it's kind of it's authoritarian if it's not an open bracket you cannot justify it being mm. on the bottom part of the graph what's is there anything in right dab smack in the middle i was thinking kind of riptide maybe um just because i didn't have any like real thoughts for it um okay. and so i feel like that's kind of a centrist idea you know not how about thinking. the big house um the big house I think it's right in the middle. <laughs> right in the middle. I, I don't I think so. I think that it might be. I do not think it's no so strong cool. feelings on anything. Like, oh, maybe we'll run monitors. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> I, I feel like a little, a little basically in the middle, but slightly upright. Yeah. Mostly because, <laughs> especially, especially because in the past, like, you really made me play. T- versus hungry box in winner's round one of top 64 at 10 a.m on sunday after i had to play singles on friday also and saturday it's like i'm not top center the big house but like all the way up yeah that's probably fine yeah yeah it is it's it's like it's like it's like close to the center um but yeah i think that's a solid solid any any good tournaments that i'm i'm leaving out shine 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 i was not at have no point of reference for i'm not placing it on this i'll put phantom like <laughs> um bottom left okay very okay. good because it's in australia and it was cool <laughs> well bottom left for them you know <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's a good point. it's actually top left <laughs> um okay how about this so we have an, our last question you can keep this idea in your head because Danger asked uh, you to put us on the melee. On, the melee stats members asked you to put us on a uh, political compass as well. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I will start with Edwin. Mm-hmm. And I will place him top left somewhere. Um, I'm going to go really far left. And maybe about... A, so maybe like almost all the way... Me, Maybe, 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 maybe like 0. 0.6 or 0. 0.7 left, and then maybe like 0. 0.3 up. Um, Ambi will put, um, maybe like if, if Edwin, I have said 0. 0.7 left, Ambi, let's put 0. 0.25 left. And, This is the fun part for me. Do I go off or do I go live? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, oh, this is tough. And then maybe I guess maybe like point one up, but yeah, that's kind of a lazy answer. But yeah, and then give me that wheat. Um. I'll go 0.5 left, 0.2 down. Cool. I'll take it. 
Where do I place yeah. myself? Now that's Whoa. a hard question. Point. Point seven five left. Point four five up. Oh, okay. Wow. Well, well that we, those are based on vibes, not based on what I, I. I haven't thought about what I think. <laughs> now that we've alienated uh, anyone, <laughs> we can uh, we can move on to the last portion of the show. So the last thing that we do here, I'm not sure if you are aware, um, we have a segment which is officially unnamed, which. Uh, Known to the fans as Touching Grass. Now, I just got news that there is a podcast that has been announced called Touching Touching Grass. Uh, I, I we use Touching Grass. There's there's no G but for uh, ours. Apostrophe. Apostrophe. Yeah. Um. Of course. I mean, there's technically no name, but I kind of feel like maybe we should have named it and had some legal rights to this. <laughs> but uh, you know, hey, we're. You, you just said we're on the political compass. Maybe we're not even the ones to sue. But uh, yes, for now, until we get sued, we are the uh, we are the podcast that runs the officially unnamed segment called Touching Grass. And in this segment, we talk about basically something that's going on in our lives that is not Melee related. You know, we talk about Melee so much that it's really easy to kind of zone in on us as only people who are focused on Smash. So this is the chance we can talk about stuff that does not uh, pertain to that. So I'm going to go first give you guys some time to think uh so it's been about two weeks since our last episode and in that time there has been an album from an artist that i really care about that came out it is the uh i believe it's like the 10th album from a guy who's uh, like a, two years older than me um he's called alex g he grew up around me uh really close to my age really somehow mad that i don't have like any connections to him but he makes uh some pretty amazing indie music. He started as like a bedroom, like a uh, bedroom pop, uh, like acoustic type of stuff, kind of like Elliot Smith, if anyone knows that as a reference point, and then has slowly but surely moved like more experimental, more electronic while still keeping that type of uh, vibe. Definitely an eclectic mix of, mix of sounds on his last album, which is uh, called God Save the Animals. And it's one that I think gels more than any of his other have. Um, if you are someone who has not listened to him and, and hear that name, be bandied about and want to. I think that this is a weird album, but it's it's kind of a good point for uh, reference if you want to get into him. And it's what I've been listening to the past two weeks. However, if we're talking about music and something that has been uh, a point in my life in the past week, I cannot in good conscience make this my pick. I have to pick the thing that I did this Friday which stopped me from going to LTC the, uh, the day, day early, which is I went to New York and I went to see what was possibly my favorite band of all time. What might be like number two, if not number one, but I went to see pavement, a band from the nineties, a band that I've listened to since I was in high school, literally their last big tour of America, I believe was 2010. Uh, here is a time capsule. If we don't get 2010 time capsules a lot in 2010, I was watching, the TV show IFC, the, the the cable show IFC, and they had a television commercial for a pavement tour. And I saw it and I went, I've heard of this band, but I don't know them. In between that time that commercial aired and the time the band came to town, I was the biggest fan of them, but tickets had sold out. So I had to hold the cell for a dozen years. And by the time they had a 2022 American tour, I had my friend in New York buy tickets and I bought tickets 
where I'm in Philadelphia. So I saw their first performance that they did in New York. The first time I ever saw them. I thought it was great. I thought it was electric. I just like so happy to get to see them and I will be seeing them tomorrow in Philadelphia. Uh, so there's no way that I can talk about what's been going on in my life, especially pertaining to music and not bring up these pavement shows. So, so excited to go to that one and so excited to go to the next one. Uh, and then Ambi, it's been a minute for you since you've been yeah. Uh, yeah. So I know there's a lot of stuff that you have not been to, like, uh, not talked about, but yeah, but is there anything that's going on in your life that you want to bring up? Yeah. I mean, so, um, <laughs> uh, so I, I guess I'll cheat a little bit. I'll have two answers. Uh, the first is Everything is Good Era, mm-hmm. which I think is a revolutionary concept <laughs> where it was the middle of the night on like a Saturday. And I messaged like my friend group chat. And I was just like, I have decided that everything's good. And I ran this as like a bit for like two weeks where I was like, no, everything's good. Everything's good all the time. And then, like, it started to become true. And I was like, this is weird. I I don't understand what's happening. But, uh, yeah, so ever since I just abruptly decided that everything was good, things just became good. So I, I, I don't know if I've discovered something here, but I recommend that you guys try this shit. Just decide that things are good, and then things will become better. Um, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely was like, I was like, this will not work, but it did. So that's the first thing. Uh, but that's not really a thing. So I'll take I'll a second thing, which is that I've been doing a lot of machine learning for uh, potentially job related search reasons. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I think I have a lot of fun projects that are like in various stages of completion about machine learning and uh there's one that's really cool that i've been uh making good progress on which is the idea of like rating ddr charts automatically <laughs> based on the previous ddr charts um in particular like um, idea yeah it's a very very envy idea right so um there's actually this notation that people use to describe how intense a particular type of chart is they're called stamina charts because they don't have like crossovers or anything and um you basically talk about how many notes are in an uninterrupted block measured in measures of the song. So if you have 32 measures at 160 BPM, um, you are hitting the same number of notes as a 32 measure block at 130 BPM, but the 160 makes it faster, right? So it's a way of talking about the number of notes per unit time in a way that is easily understandable. So there's like this complicated notation that people have to like write down like, oh, this song is hard because there's three 32 blocks at 170. Um, And I collected a bunch of them and I'm rating them based on the breakdowns. And I have a pretty good model so far, but I have a couple of improvements that I'm trying to make before I like, you know, post the write up or whatever. That's what I've been working on. Uh, Various automatic pattern recognition type projects. Um, Very ambi project. Yeah, but... I'm not sure who cares about this, but I'm rating DDR charts automatically. So I'm like, oh, dude, I'm like, this is the shit. This is so cool. Um, so yeah, the most good rating yeah, DDR charts. The most uh, ambi idea since you used computer vision to determine 
if uh what was it oh, if homestuck yeah. panels are like yeah the homestuck panel project that i did a long time ago where i used a bunch of computer vision stuff to see if they used the same panel and redrew the colors and shit on the panel to like tell a visual joke where like it was the same general principle is the same type of joke i was thinking about revisiting that because i've learned a lot more more computer vision since then but kind of maybe a, next kind of time you're on that'll be your your touching grass segment yeah yeah this is very not touching grass i will say it's definitely like <laughs> no a very different brand but... of indoor nerd shit but well i mean jack zilla referred to touching grass so when he came on as the villain of course uh the villain of our podcast uh not the villain which i believe is just pipsqueak uh, but the villain of our podcast, uh, the enemy, when he came on, he was like, is this just where you talk about different media? Because Edwin and I just talked about what movies we watched recently. Uh, so, yeah, it, there's a long history of using touching grass to talk about stuff that you do while sitting in your room by yourself, uh, just staring at a computer screen. So no, no fault of your own for for joining in that lineage. Um, Edwin Budding, speaking of which. What has been going on in your world? Uh, two things I, I would say, or like three things. Uh, I'll, I'll try to make them brief. Three. Um, I, I mentioned it last week already that I've been uh like watching Rings of Power and and uh, there we go, <laughs> House of the Dragon. So I've just been doing more of that, but I also picked up reading Fire and Blood, uh, the basically what House of the Dragon was based off of, which is pretty cool. Uh, it's sort of. I think House of the Dragon is kind of up and down, but Fire and Blood is kind of fun to read, especially because it's written kind of like a historian account of the era, or sort of like the fantasy universe. I think this was your thing on the Kadoran episode. Yeah, so I, I, I've been continuing doing that. Um, football season's been uh, un, underway. So I actually, um, I kind of want to pick up some, I, I don't really know what skills I need to like sort of deal with this, but I have like a pro football focus subscription which lets me access like all these like like super in-depth stats, right? Like so the things like, you know, how well does this quarterback throw to this side of the field? You know, how many dropped interceptions do they have? Like what passes do they have that qualifies like deep passes versus like intermediate passes and short passes or whatever. So I have this idea because I want because like the way pro football focus, they kind of like organize their data, it's all CSV. And they they like upload it on to, like directly into their website. But like it's it's really bad. Like it's not a it's not UI friendly. Like you can look up stats per individual season and like find really like good nuggets of information. But it's very bad for seeing like career overviews and like comparing players to each other. So I kind of want to like I don't really know where to start with this. Like I created a project plan for this, but like and I'm not quite sure the scope of what I want to do. But I want to do like an I. I want to do like a deep dive into the best like deep passers in the NFL since like 2006. So I think it's a really interesting topic. Like I've looked up a couple of individual players. Like I made a huge spreadsheet of that. Like I had to literally download three, like, three, three names. Give us three names of people who you're looking up. Uh, I looked up uh, Patrick Mahomes. I looked up Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Cool. I, and like, and I just like looked up all of them and, uh, and I have like, spreadsheets of individual data for like deep throwing and like this includes things like like not just touchdown passes or like box score stuff this includes like completions of more than like 20 yards and it includes even things that they call big time throws which are would be completion which includes completions or otherwise completions that were just dropped by the receiver and attributable to them like really detailed information and stuff they even have like different like 
sides of the field that they throw on, which I think is like really fascinating. So I want to create like some kind of comprehensive like 20, 2006 to 2021 like career spreadsheet for quarterbacks that qualify for it for like the most amount of like starting snaps or for like passing snaps or whatever. Because I think that stuff is like so good. And in general, I think that like, I think PFF's content is like fantastic for the information that you get. But it's really, uh, I just think the way they maintain it is like really bad and kind of like not user friendly. So I, I kind of, I've been trying to figure out like a way that I could do that and not spreadsheet format and to like put it up in like a graph and something like the best graded deep throwers in pro football over the last like 15 years or whatever. So that's the second thing that I, I've been uh, pretty busy with. I, I think that's, does he get a third everyone? We're coming into hour three of the show pretty soon. I mean, quick. Uh, I've been following the Brazilian elections, obviously. Uh, and I've just been like reading a ton on that and following that. Uh, unfortunately, that crazy, uh, PT, obviously. Yeah, PT got uh, obliterated in the Senate race, which kind of sucks. But uh, Lula did uh, succeed in the initial runoff. And if you know anything about me, I'm just like a huge Lula fan. It's like my favorite like politician of my lifetime in like any country. And uh, I I just think his administration, like when he was president, was like really inspiring. And like, it's a it's pretty rare to to find like a like a leader with as much like domestic successes from the center left, like Lula, just generally in the last like fifty years or whatever. He's like quite sensible, and uh, I hope he wins the second round of the runoff election. So fingers crossed. Very good, Edwin. I will say. It's insane that you wanted to have three things, and your first one was just saying that you are continuing to do the thing that you did last time. Yeah, I guess that's, that's true. Well, I have one question about your pro football um, focus. Do they, does the subscription tell you who has the uh, the most wins this year? What team has the most wins? <laughs> I, I don't think you need a subscription for does that. It, does it tell you? Okay, well, do you know? Do you know who's the only undefeated team in the NFL right now by, the, by any chance? Uh, I'm not going to give you the pleasure of stating the name. <laughs> Go birds. Uh, Zamu. Now, now, don't get any ideas. Everyone's going a little crazy giving multiple things. I don't want you to say, here are the five things I've been doing. But I do want to hear what's going on with you. So, so do you have anything that you want to share? Yeah, so here are the six things that I've got going on. <laughs> I did just say five. <laughs> I just First said five all, plus. Actually, it wasn't a crazy, obviously. Edwin knows. Oh, I, I was like, I did not expect you to like be following the Brazilian elections like that. Um, I'm moving tomorrow um, to <laughs> Illinois because yeah. I've been living in Arkansas the past like um, year and a half. And so that's really exciting. Um, but I guess it's not actually something I've been doing. So I guess my been doing is also the everything is good era. Like, <laughs> like I've been, I, I have not so much, I haven't been saying this as much recently, but I've been just saying like, like about random shit, God is good. I do not believe in God. I'm like not religious, but like, like I was oh, that's driving. good. Yeah, that's a good driving. one. Yeah, I was driving and um, like alone, and I saw like a dog in some car, and I was just like, God is good. <laughs> that's so funny. Just, I'm not religious. That's what I'm talking about, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, God is good, Era. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, stop. G-I-G-E. <laughs> and I can think of a few smashers. Definitely big G-I-G-E. That's awesome. 
That's I've so not great. really been. I've not been touching grass. I have been <laughs> playing melee, sitting in my room, streaming a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to hear about the return to Illinois, the prodigal son returning finally. Uh, are you around Champagne again, or yeah, I'm is... moving back to Champagne. That's super sick. Yep. Are you gonna see that house? Is that where the the American football house is in Champagne? Oh, I think it is in Urbana, but I uh, I, I know nothing about that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> well, so no, but. But thank you for being very kind to me. <laughs> that was a very polite way of, of saying no. Um, no, that's, that's it is amazing. there. <laughs> that's very cool. <laughs> uh, I don't even like that band that much, so it's not like you are delivering any like insult towards me. I will. I will look know. at it for. I will find. I will look at it for you. Please do. Please do. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's no. That's super sick. God is good era. Everything is good era. Um, hopefully, this continues on into a big house <laughs> i don't know what result would destroy the everything is good era slash god is good era my birthday on that big house yeah uh we had a, yeah, we're, a question we're talking about god is good era and zam was like yeah you guys are all like way left and <laughs> way left <laughs> wow i can't believe that edwin believes that uh you can't be leftist and believe in god you're alienating yeah, our, our alienating viewership social is a little surprising <laughs> you don't have to believe in god to think that god is good exactly that's where you're that's where you're wrong edwin it's, it's more little brain i've been doing myself there, as there lucky. Was like a turn phrase i was not anticipating this is killing me. Just he just is not. very good at the game <laughs> yeah it's 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 really funny <laughs> But, but it's just, I've been thinking about, like, if you view yourself as lucky, then you will get lucky more. Because small things that you might not not not, not think of as, like, being lucky mm -hmm. um, won't appear as such. And so if, like, the little things are making a bigger positive impact, then, like, that's just, like, life's got to be better, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes me more, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, got it. A, a great message and you know what to any of our viewers or listeners out there next time you see a dog in a car i think god's good dog is good you got to see it <laughs> true, true dog is good dog you got to see a dog good. not everyone gets to see a dog on their way to uh wherever they're going zamu uh, I I really do love. Uh, first off, I love that everything is good era and God is good era are able to coexist. That is amazing. I love that you came on here and and uh, shared that with us. But just in general, you you've been a great guest with us today. Love to have you on. I know that you are uh, kind of a podcast uh, in demand person right now. You know, just on Foresight Fights, but I believe that you have your own right. So if people want to follow you or follow what you're doing, where can they do that? um yeah twitch.tv slash zamu underscore ssbm um i stream there like uh, every morning um and then that i have a good. podcast on thursday nights kind of but it hasn't been for a few days a few weeks um it'll probably come back it definitely might not though um <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then twitter my twitter is also at, at, at zamu underscore ssbm yeah sick yeah everyone can go and follow check out the uh god is good era as they as they <laughs> as they heard about it uh and if you want to check out 
the everything is good era you can do so check us out uh, melee stats you know if you want to see these episodes live as they air twitch.tv slash melee stats we put them over on youtube on the melee stats archive which by the way is where you can find wizard versus axe uh, loser gets knife or winner makes top eight i guess is the everything is good era way to say that um and uh you know you can find other bonus stuff there on our main channel melee stats that's where you're going to find our long form video content uh, over on youtube as well twitter.com slash melee stats pod we're going to have all of our results posting we're going to be talking about um announcements for who's going to be the guest on each week's episode and uh yeah around this time of year you're probably going to find some announcements about who we are trying to get to some tournaments so that is something to look out for but uh we also have links to the articles that we post on meleestats.co such as monday morning marth and when's melee while you're over there melee stats.co backslash oh wait slash i was told by tof that backslash is not a thing melee stats.co slash shop if you want to buy any of our merch like the one that i am wearing right now the melee stats flag hoodie is up there and if you want to rock the melee stats corduroy hat at any of uh, these majors coming up now is the time to get it i've already seen some uh, people rocking them at shine i saw some people rocking them at ltc so if you want to join this very exclusive club, you can go over and do that. And if you just love everything you, we do and you want to support us in any way you can, patreon.com slash Melee Stats. Zamu, wonderful guest to have on. I'm excited to see you. Happy birthday to you. And, uh, you know, uh, just amazing to uh, to join in this everything is good slash God is good era with you. Uh, and you know what else is good? This podcast is good, and it's because of your presence on here you did such a great job i'm so happy to have you uh, and uh yeah th- thank you so much anything that you want to say before we go out just thank thanks for having me it was super fun i thought i was gonna know nothing and then it was okay <laughs> you killed it you did so great but uh we gotta leave now before we hit another three hour episode because we don't want another one of those so thank you so much for watching everyone and uh, we will catch you not next week, but we will catch you the next week after because we are going to be talking about Ludwig's event. We're going to be talking about what happened at Big House, what happened at DreamHack and Offseason, all the events that are happening in October. So catch us then. See ya. Peace. See you guys.